Oh, what? That icicle's hitbox is bigger than my fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> Never need a nap afterwards. I need a shower sometimes. Oh. Yeah, yeah, oh. you need a shower oh, afterwards just like sometimes. like a complete shotgun blast. Like, you're lucky, <laughs> oh. you're lucky there's a toilet left. Yep. You go out to the Walgreens at midnight to buy a new plunger. Oh, Lord. <laughs> then you leave the plunger there, and you get home, and you realize, where's my plunger? And then you what? call them, and they go, <laughs> like, you left it here. And you walk back out to the Walgreens. Then you this walk. is the least surprising story ever. <laughs> And you walk back home, and you're just carrying nothing but a plunger at midnight, walking down the road, and it's snowing. I think that happened, like, you clogged your toilet prior to the start of a podcast. And you had to to sit there with it the whole time. And then, yeah. And then afterward, yeah. And then afterward, you had to run down to... Oh, my God. That's incredible. (laughs) I've got a plunger now. I'll never be without one again. That's good. That's good. Everybody needs... Everybody needs a good a good plunger. I feel is underestimated these days. And a days. good plunger. Just I, I feel that the value of a real good <laughs> plunger just real yep. underestimated. It's real important. Yeah. I don't know if I meant that as like getting having sex. I don't know. Plunging. Going plunging. going. Yeah. Everybody needs a good spelunking. They just need to go caving. Yeah. 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 Jet storm. It was a really good story to walk right into. Yep. John took the plunge? Yes, he did. He had to wait four hours, though, because we were in the middle of a podcast. So that big old doopy he had to take beforehand, yep. just sitting there. He was just sitting up there, and it was looking at him like, what's up? I'm Last here. Time. I'm swimming. Last time I went caving, it was with my dad, and it was we took the advanced course, not realizing it was actually going to be advanced. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. And then it was six hours long. And about halfway through, Tad got stuck. And then was like, no, I cannot progress further through this way. And the guy was like, no, you can make it. You can make it. Just squeeze through. Just squeeze through. And he said, no, I, I literally cannot. It was like 10 minutes of that. And I was like, Dad, what what should I do? And he was just like, just go on ahead. Go said, on ahead. Are you gonna be a- go are without you gonna- me. Are you going to be all right, Dad? And he said, well, <laughs> no, but there's not I'm, really anything you can do here. I mean, I'm stuck in a cave. But... <laughs> And then they this walked him out, and there was, a me- there was immediately a, a clear path right around that thing that they didn't weren't telling him about. Oh, that's so unfortunate. Yep. And it was all okay. <laughs> we look back on it and laugh now. Oh, I do. Yes, yeah, we laughed. Yeah. At, we were laughing the day the day of. We were yeah, very. Yeah, like it, it was very funny in the moment. Like it would obviously suck, right? But like afterward, yeah. just like even immediately afterward, just like. Fuck, oh, man, that was real good. 
I mean, I was kind of appreciating the comedy of it in the moment of just like laying there. There's a cave, cave wall, cave ceiling an inch above my face, and I'm just like, Dad, are you gonna be okay? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, all right. <laughs> Jetstorm wants to know: Was this like a Winnie the Pooh stuck in rabbit's hole thing? And uh, yeah, that no, question sounded better in his head. <laughs> No, no, I totally get what you mean. It was a um, they had one of those, and he did almost get stuck in that. But this was a um, flat floor, flat ceiling. They were just very close, very oh, close. God, and Beepner with the quality follow up. They only talk about knots in that bit too. Knots, 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 y'all, knots. Like you know the furry I... sex thing. Yes, like a oh, dog geez. penis. I'm, trying, I'm just trying to figure out the joke. It's knotted. It's oh, Winnie the Pooh stuck in rabbit's hole. I get rabbit's it. Rabbit's hole. Oh. Rabbit's hole. Rabbit's hole. Do bears have knots? This podcast is canceled. No, do bears. You're all canceled. Let's <laughs> We've all been canceled. We cancel car. Cancel culture has finally caught the socks cast, which means <laughs> we don't have to do episode 100 in a few weeks. Let's see here. Ah. Polly, you actually linked to twitter.com slash polyhead instead of twitch.tv polyhead. I hate myself. <laughs> I, I hate myself. Just a dog thing. I did it. You know what I mean. You know what? You know what? Screw it. Again, <laughs> I'll do it right now. I will live tweet on a podcast and everybody's going to hear it. Are you ready? Listen to yeah. this keyboard action. We haven't even done the intro yet, technically. We're still in the, pre- in the pre-show. Yeah. That's why we're talking about knots. Once we get into the actual thing, it'll be completely clean. Oh, Lord, shit happened. That's a lot of characters. That's <laughs> a lot of characters. You know, you gotta. There it is. You gotta clarify things. Like, my home column is just not showing up at all in TweetDeck. So. <laughs> That's so weird. Yep. So I'm just gonna close it and say, fuck you, TweetDeck. I don't need your bullshit. <laughs> it's working for me. That's weird. It is. It is. All right, good. And he was hey, tweeting. Polly. Good fucking follow-up, John. <laughs> good fucking bit. Hey, Polly. This is my podcast this week. Yep. Good. All right, you can have it <laughs> because I'm in control of my fucking destiny. It is my life. This is my world to command and my future, and I feel very content with that so i'm taking care of the podcast this week don't worry about it all right you do that okay Steering the ship of this podcast just like i steer the ship of my own life you and... are fully in control <laughs> nothing can stop you now just like all of those trent reznor songs that utilize that same <laughs> lyric nothing can stop you now exactly that's exactly the right comparison i feel just like trent reznor in those songs yes uh, let's see so how have y'all been? I know we talked a little bit before the podcast, but just how are things going? It's how things know, going for you? It's uh, it's a Sunday. I'm all hey. I'm in podcast mode. I'm putting images on the screen. I'm making people laugh. We're talking into microphones. That's you know, you get together and do these every couple weeks. Feels good. How you doing, friends? I'm doing. I'm doing real well. Rhett, how are you? Doing... You don't ask questions though. This is the pot. This is my podcast. Right it's now. John's I'll, podcast. I'll take care of it. Don't worry. Um, Rhett, how are you doing? Doing good. Go into detail. How are how have things been this week? Uh, the usual. Yep. I mean, Friday actually kind of sucked, so it's a little stressful at work, but overall recovered and doing good now. 
Doesn't it feel good to get that out there? Yeah. Cool. Good. You're both great. I'm glad to be here with you. <laughs> Thank you for the host. Oh, they're a good fart noise there. That's good. Nice, juicy one going on there. I think people are just going to enjoy that as part of the regular cast now. Like, those go through on the recording. I don't edit them out. I think great. I think that's, I think that, I, I'll permit it. Yeah, well, you, I'm glad that you did, because now that it's your podcast and you own it. I know. Uh, you run the well, show. I'm you can doing great. You can literally um, do anything you want. Um, I spent about three hours today assembling for new furniture. Um, just one piece of furniture. I, I built, I got a table so I could finally have a space to eat. Oh, in shit. My, in my, yeah, I know, right? I'm getting, and I'm putting it right by the window. It's at tape window height so I can look out the window while I eat breakfast or whatever. A no more eating on the floor. Adulthood. No more eating on the couch. No more eating in the, in the bedroom and then spilling salsa all over the carpet. Oh, for f- yeah, that was a rough time. You have a nasty habit of spilling things because there was there was an incident at work not too long ago that <laughs> I remember of you basically, what, what was it, coffee? Um, no, it was just plain white. Powdered oh, just plain sugar. white powdered sugar, which could just <laughs> give right. you an entire <laughs> infestation of ants. Just about a just about a pound of sugar I dropped on the ground, and then we just moved into this brand new fern, <laughs> newly furnished office. Um, and nobody knew how to call someone with a vacuum yet. So I was just like, how do we I get rid we of this? We weren't trained in, in, in maintenance uh, protocol yet. <laughs> oh, so I, I bothered to call people for like an hour trying to fight, figure out a way. And I was like, I know, I'll just clean it. It took an um, hour for you to reach that conclusion. Um, well, yeah, but I didn't have a vacuum, Polly. How are you going to clean a pound of loose sugar off of the carpet, Polly. What's your What's your hey, method? Well, hey, hey, I will tell you this. Polly. I'll tell you this much. Wait, I'll wait, tell wait, you wait, this wait, much. I, okay, okay, Rhett. Rhett, I'll permit. Polly, Polly is very good at licking carpet. Ha! Son ha! of a bitch! Ha! Ha! Son of a bitch! Ha! That was a good. That was a good interruption. That was a, that was a very good. Uh... All right. All right. Brett, you... John, I will tell you this. <laughs> okay. If I had an incident in which I spilled a pound of sh- of loose white sugar all over the place... I'll say what you wouldn't do. Say what you it, would do. It would not take me one hour <laughs> to be like, okay, there's not a vacuum cleaner in my immediate vicinity. I probably know where I can procure one. Mm. And I would then go do that. It would wouldn't take me buy- an hour to arrive at that conclusion. Would you just go buy a vacuum cleaner? No, local- I have whatever? one at home. Home is forty-five minutes away. I can't take a forty. I can't there take an hour. There is literally somebody off- in that office. Somebody in that office you work with literally does not live forty-five minutes away and could probably drive to their place very quickly and grab a vacuum cleaner. I will guarantee it. That would have been true in the old office. This isn't in the middle of the loop. Dude, it'd be it'd be a little difficult to live right near there. There might I think the CEO lives right near there. Okay, call the CEO. Oh Jesus! Call the CEO and ask for a vacuum so that he can so that he can call. So I, I know you're the CEO and you're very busy, but could you come down here with your vacuum cleaner and clean up some shit that we kind of made I'll happen? I'll take care of it. Uh, just I just need the vacuum. Um, okay, so I did pour a bunch of water on it and then soak up the water. That's I mean that's gonna get. It's kind of going to do it. I still think yeah. you're going to have issues, though. Um, well, what gonna... I did, I poured a bunch of hot water 
um, out of the kettle mm. with with soap mixed in, <laughs> and oh, I did Jesus. that, and I did that over and over okay. for like twenty minutes for like a oh. half hour. <laughs> You're probably good. Ben. Oh, I'm I'm just like okay. Now there's soap and water on the floor, and it is yeah. carpet. It was Making carpet it. again, to be clear. If it wasn't carpet, that would be fine. Um, but it was carpet. And when it did dry, I did check the next day, and it was slightly crusty in texture oh, compared yeah. to the floor. <laughs> yeah, and, and the, the flooring under it got nice and wet, I'm sure. That's <laughs> going to lead to future issues. The company can handle it. It's fine. Um, I did buy some vinegar. I was just like, maybe white vinegar? Maybe if I just pour oh. this on there? Oh, no. Is this like, like an ongoing project at work now? No, just like, like trying it's, to it's fix like, this strip of carpet? It's been like a month and a half. I just, I, I, it's underneath where my cabinet usually goes. So I just kind of pushed the cabinet over it. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so we'll, just, we'll hide this out of sight. And it won't be your problem years from now. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Garden of the Dead, for the subscription. I, be, I hope I keep that desk. It's a very nice desk. I get a very good view. Um, yeah, just so. try mushing peanut butter into it. That's. Uh... <laughs> I think white vinegar would help. I think if I poured a little bit of white vinegar on there and then soaked back up, that put, would help help in some way, grab right? Grab you a butter knife, put some peanut butter on it, pour pour a soda on top of that. That'll probably help you out. Okay, do you have bubble gum? Yeah. Bubble gum in there and some scissors. Just... Sorry, Dad. I know it's Father's Day, but I'm doing a podcast. Oh, <laughs> damn. Just blew his dad off for the podcast. Hey, Dad. Say, hey, Dad. If you, if you want to hang, if you really care, I got a podcast going. Link it. <laughs> Perfect. And then I'll put, uh, I'll put the, the magnificent picture we have of him up again, just to make <laughs> him feel welcome. And then so about four hours later, a guy did come with a vacuum and say, so I heard that there was a sugar mess here. And I was like, <laughs> oh, don't worry, friend. I took care of that. Don't oh, worry. No, John Thayer, the sugar mess master, has this. And the domain. other, and, the, and like my my boss's boss's wife was there because he was the one, she was the one that had, who had heard me say that and called the person. He said, she was like, how did you take care of that? And I was like, well, I poured water on and then soaked it up. She's like, why would you do that? And I was like, <laughs> I'm just trying my best here. So did they ever vacuum? They they just kind of. They did do the little vacuum over it, but it didn't do anything because the, okay. the damage was done. Yeah, the damage is to, to that carpeting is, is done. There, there was no there was no visible sugar. I had cleansed it of that. It was the it was the I feel like it's basically the same as if I'd spilled a Coke on the floor. Right. It's probably basically the same. You made it to that point. Yeah. Yeah. You you help. You exacerbated the situation to that point. Yes. But if I if I had just if i just spilled a coke on the floor i wouldn't be like angsting about it It would have been fine it's just the fact that i kind of you made a mess and then made it worse and then kept mm -hmm. making it worse and now it's still a problem and it's still probably going it's to be not an a problem. No bugs it's just it'll be you know... look you got the flooring wet that's likely going to cause issues maybe not in the time of your tenure there for this employment but i guarantee that spot of the floor is going to be real wonky in the future Worst case scenario, um, it like breaks and then my desk falls into the floor underneath me <laughs> and people get really mad and then I get fired. And Taylor's got a point. You live in Chicago. There's bound to be rats. What? The rats are going to come up there and eat the like tiny residual bits of sugar particles left yes. in the car? Rats that doesn't make love, any sense. Rats love sweet things. So, uh -huh. 
Uh-huh. They'll come and lick the carpet underneath my... They'll they, they, lick they, all over that carpet. Also, ants can't even get up that high. It's 40 stories up. It's fine. <laughs> I like how this is the podcast high. John takes over and he's still on the defensive somehow. I love it. <laughs> So that's that's my best. That is my that this is my path that I'm walking, and I walk it proudly. Um, I walk a lonely road, the, the only exact same one thing. that I have ever known. Remember <laughs> <laughs> times last back. year I looped that just like all. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> I think I listened to that unironically a couple times the year before last. <laughs> Look, American Idiot is a good album, okay? Yeah, of I'm course. tired of people saying that it's not. <laughs> it's no Blink One Eight. They're no Blink One Eighty Two, but they're fine. I'm oh, I'm kidding. I would hope so. I'm very kidding. Because as much as I really don't care that much for Modern Green Day, Postmodern Idiot, at least they're not Blink One Eighty Two. I would at least give a new Green Day album a shot. Fucking whatever, fine. Okay. We're fifty-year-old men still singing about being teenagers. We never got over it. We're Blink One Eight Two, and the music's not good, and that's okay. Yeah, very. Even though they got a member from Alkaline Trio now, who is really good. Um, yeah, Blink One Eight Two still not good. Yep, they're not. Sonic Adventure Two music is better. Uh, you know, I would agree. Yep. Does Blink-182 have a song about Eggman? I don't fucking think so. And does he have the master plan? Rhett! Hi. What have you been up to? <clears throat> um. Well, you guys pretty much know everything I've been up to, but I'll do it for the audience. Well, you see, yeah, you <clears throat> see, Rhett, this is a podcast. Like yeah, I, I know. We're ostensibly involving other people here. <laughs> so I actually thought I'd kind of finish up and recap some of the stuff I was talking about last week. Uh, so first up was Subnautica, the, mm-hmm. you know, base building underwater game. That oh, game yeah, you was... hated that one, right? Yeah. I liked it. What do you think? I'm kidding. I, I was... <laughs> it's John's podcast. Uh, you got to roll with whatever yeah, he says. You got to roll with whatever he says. Um, so, you know, you know, the Tetris effect, that thing where you play a game a whole lot and then it starts to get kind of in your head mm-hmm. a bit. Uh-huh. So I had a weird one with Subnautica where, because I like played that. Is it two weeks in ago now? Like all Saturday and then all Sunday and like only basically only stopping for the podcast. Those are good weekends. So the whole thing about that game, though, is like you start off, you know, you build your base pretty shallow underwater. And then as you get deeper and deeper, it's like, well, I should probably build another base down here. So I'm not having to take like six minutes to swim up and down constantly. (laughs) But when you have a base that's underwater and so far from the surface that you're not going back up for air like ever it's very you start to it's really claustrophobic basically and because i'd spent this weekend kind of in my room in the dark the tetris effect kicked in and it was like giving me the impression that the outside world was just water that i couldn't venture into (laughs) and and that was weird just like yes it's just me and my air conditioning here without this i would drown yeah (laughs) like the the hum of that thing just kind of replicating that feeling of relying on technology relying on underwater yeah totally isolated and yeah exactly the only the only thing protecting you from the inhospitable outside (laughs) world pretty much yeah so that was a fun night um 
I didn't leave my house today all, all, all Saturday, so that was oh, nice. That's that's the best. I get you. So <laughs> I I, w- I wish that game was wish that game went a little literally deeper than it does because it gets so good at the very end, where it's just the en- like for the most of that game I kind of ignored the enemies, and then towards the end like shit in the very bottom is hostile as hell to you, <laughs> and you know what your submarine is? It's a big tasty snack. Yeah, so like, that's good. Looks like a most big gumball enemy, to them. Most enemies don't give a shit about you, and then you run you run that submarine through the end game areas, and they're like, they go at you, buddy. Do they just like bang the shit out of you, or like, and and you get like really can, cool internal vibrations from that to be like real atmospheric and shit? Because that would be cool. Oh as yeah, fuck. you get you get all that. You get like messages like submarine under attack, like an alien attack, and like. Like fires will start in the submarine and like hull breaches. Like, so you can either you can run around with a little fire extinguisher to put all the fires out if that happens, or you'll you may have to get out and just use your repair tool to repair the hull from the outside. Mm. And the whole thing can be destroyed, which I was not going to let happen because all my shit was on there and I'd basically be starting the game over. Yeah, that that would be bad. So that happened, and I was just like, mm, "Okay, uh, reload, save," because that that can't happen. But yeah, one of those moments where I'm just being attacked and like just desperately trying to survive. It's like, because all my shit is in there. It's like, man, like I'm so deep in the simulation now. Like I've never really gotten into real kind of tactical simulation stuff. It's just like I'm feeling it right now in this moment, and that's real cool. Of just that terror of being so, yeah, it, so deep underwater. It definitely sounds like that game sealed the deal in a way that I wasn't personally yeah. expecting it to, but I'm happy to hear that it did. Yeah. That's awesome. The other thing is, I told Polly the story earlier, but I did not realize how energy worked in that game until, like, basically <laughs> the very, very end. This is a real good one. Go ahead, tell this one. This is so good. So, when you build a base, and you it has no power at the start, so it's just like... It won't generate oxygen, which is pretty important. Probably, uh, so, yeah. So when you build, like, the basic power is solar power. So when you build that, it says, oh, the space has, you know, one out of 250 energy. And as the sun hits it, that number goes up. And, like, it's never exactly clear what drains power. Because then you can build, like, a scanner room. And I think that will start to use a little more power and other things. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Okay. And then, so a lot, of, a lot of your handheld technology is charged with batteries. And you can build an item that's, you know, a battery charger. And you put that in your base and you put your batteries in there and they'll recharge. And then you get the the submarine. And the submarine, you know, it runs on, like, power cells. Like, a more advanced form of the batteries. Mm-hmm. So I built a power cell recharger in the submarine. <laughs> <laughs> So it's powered by six power cells, and then every once in a while, I would take one out, put it in the recharger, it would fill back up, and I would put it back where it was. And it's like, okay, I've created infinite energy loop. (laughs) What I didn't realize is that energy is very linear in, like, (laughs) one-to-one. So that every time I was recharging a battery, (laughs) it was just taking that energy from the other batteries. So I kept doing this loop, and every it kept getting shorter and shorter, basically. <laughs> oh, weird. <laughs> weird. But So what really happened was I upgraded, I upgraded the submarine with a bunch of new stuff, 
that drained start draining way more power. Mm-hmm. And because of these batteries were, you know, you know, constantly overworked by just charging each other over and over. <laughs> all of a sudden I found myself at zero. And that was when it dawned on me how this all worked. <laughs> so I so I just you know, I unload the empty batteries and go to one of my bases and it's like this base has four hundred and fifty power and I plug one of the power cells in and that number starts going down. I'm just like Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. you know, there's like a there's a there's a real big fuck difference between not understanding Trails in the Sky's magic system for two and a half games and you not understanding how power cycling works for an entire fucking game. I underestimated oh, the game. That's just so funny because it's just like real like a real life thing. Oh, I just charged these batteries. Yeah, it's the other so, batteries. And yeah. Then... The logic is so sound in the moment. <laughs> it's because the power isn't always shown to you. Like, because there's other upgrades. Like, when you bring, like, your little scooter onto the submarine, it charges it. Mm-hmm. So you just, I don't know, video games, you just think, oh, it's just free energy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, that energy is always... What I've realized about that game is the energy is always coming from somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like... The batteries were also then having to charge my little scooter every once in a while. It's like that's draining energy, and it's always one to one. You were thinking like, video game. You were thinking this this energy. I was just thinking coming, it was a... coming somewhere. It's just coming from somewhere. Yeah. The principle of equivalent exchange. <laughs> I thought it was a video game. It turned out to be way more simulation than I expected. <laughs> yep. It's like the oh, I'm like oh, okay. The game is smarter than I gave it credit for. Is it really that so, fucking smart though to think, oh, I'm transferring one I'm transferring power from one unit to another? Is that really so complicated? Well, I mean, I knew it was dumb. I was like, huh, I've made I've made I've made infinite energy. Well it's it's different from it's kind of contrast with like Minecraft where you put two buckets of water into a four square hole and then you have infinite water. Yeah, and then you break it open, and oh, this infinite waterfall now. <laughs> like you, so I can I can understand expecting something, yeah, a little bit simpler. Because eventually you can basically get infinite energy if you just build your, you can build a thermal reactor in kind of the hot areas of the water. Yeah, cool. and then that will just you know never run out. Mm-hmm. So that's where I started charging my power cells afterwards. <laughs> it's like, oh okay, <laughs> pay off your credit card with another credit card free money yeah exactly exactly this works on the this is what we call the ret principle (laughs) that game's real good and it has an ending which which is good i'm very happy that game has an ending there's Mm. there's one real bullshit fetch quest right at the end where it's basically you have to get five of an item you've never had to use for anything else in the entire game good and that's real weird and it really kind of fucks with the pacing right at the end but Mm. not a huge deal Mm. but Gotta get the five artifacts that you can fight Meta Ridley. It's, it's kind of like that, but then I don't want to. Yeah, it's like they don't make it difficult in any way. It's just busy work. Basically. Nah, bummer. But it's such a weird thing to put right at the end. Because mm-hmm. I my one kind of complaint with the ending, I think, is that it didn't quite go the way I expected, and I think a lot of the optional lore you can find throughout the game kind of doesn't end up mattering because it just tells you exactly what to do. Gotcha. And just gives you help. Here's, here's the thing you need. You found it. It's a, it was at the very bottom. Imagine that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, 
that didn't like put any kind of a real big damp towel on no uh, definitely on, not like what the rest of the game was though so i think that yeah. that's still really cool yeah uh, and then, so there was that anime, the Tonegawa, the Kaiji spinoff. Mm-hmm. So okay. basically, I believe I fought, I reported last week that they were making a different spinoff of mm-hmm. that show. I think I was just repeating a news story that was also kind of seeded and not entirely true. Because oh. basically, episodes 13 and 14 of that show are the other spinoff. Oh. Because basically, oh. yeah, so basically once it hits the second season, you know, episodes 13 through 24 or whatever... Mm-hmm it kind of becomes a dual protagonist show. And so that's who the other guy, how he works in becomes Yakuza. <laughs> oh, geez. Yakuza. Yakuza. Sure. So that show is weird. Cause this, the main plot just ends at episode 13 and then it's uh-huh. just a really weird random comedy. And then with this <laughs> other guy introduced, you ever see dual parallel worlds? That show does that, too, where, like, the main plot wraps up in 13 episodes, but there's still, like, five episodes left, and it's just comedy dumb bullshit. Huh. This is exactly that, except it's, like, 12 episodes more. Oh, God, yeah, this is like, yeah. yeah. There was one episode, though, that made me cackle like John. Oh, no. (laughs) It is, like, a not-funny-at-all episode that spends 12 minutes building up to one joke. That's admirable. That's admirable, but your jokes got to be your jokes got to work if you're going to spend 12 minutes building. But it landed so hard for me when I realized what they were doing and then they did it. I had a good laugh. So that show's all right. It's it's very silly though cuz it just doesn't care anymore basically with uh they do uh, like one of the later episodes is just a setup for character A for 12 minutes, then a setup for character B for 12 minutes, and then it goes to be continued. And then the next episode is just the payoffs to both those arcs. Uh, it's just like, this could have just been like A, part one and part two, then B, part one and part two. But you had yeah. to spread both of them over two episodes for no real reason. And just, it's a weird show. Definitely. Oh, and one other quick thing. Speaking of gambling anime, because Tonegawa is related to Kaiji. Uh, Kakaguri season two is up on Netflix. And no one here knows what that no, is. I'm, not, no, is that I'm, the I'm doing one? cartwheels in the room right now. You just can't tell. Is that the corny one with the lady? That yes, I you? That, it, that's exactly it. Oh, very good. The show is absolute trash that I can't fucking stop watching. It is so, it's so fun. Oh. Yeah. That's the one where I've just watched the theme song, but every t- it comes yeah. up on the timeline frequently because it's very good. The, the opening of season two is not nearly as good, I'm sad to say. Ah, bummer. The opening what, of we... season one is like an all-time great what's the name of the show one more time kagakiri it's really i don't know how exactly to say k-a-k-e-g-u-r-u-e <laughs> i can't even spell it yeah someone in chat said it kakegurui there it is there you go you nailed it it's basically every girl in the show is celeste from jagan rapa one Oh, that's good, because she is <laughs> yeah. a really good character. But they're just all so horny <laughs> to, to gamble. That's that's literally the show. There we go. I found horny the opening. gambling. Like, season one, or season two just starts with them sticking their fingers into this thing that has a guillotine, and like... Oh my god. They just cut random strings, and eventually the thing's gonna fall and cut all their fingers off. It's real, it's real stupid. Like, the show's not good, but it's entertaining. I, I can get behind that kind of stupidity. <laughs> Yeah. 
like one of the girls is just like oh my god this is so hot i'm gonna get off <laughs> like oh she's so Jesus. she's literally horny for gambling jesus such trash but not the worst it's not actually it's the not worst trash like, I've ever. it's not exploitative trash like yeah some like, other, the incest like, like a lot of other shit that you would get like at least it's trash that you can look at you know it's trash but it's not yeah. like it, it's not going the route of being exploitative or punching down on anybody or anything like that yeah. so yeah so, I, can, I, I can i can yeah i can see that so I, I found out the show was like had just been added to Netflix like three days ago. I'm like, oh, here we go. That's what I can do now. So, Polly, what have you been up to? Yo! Uh, hey, hey! Oh, wait. Hey, no. now. John actually oh, gets right. to decide. John's show now. It's John's show. I had, I had one other. I had one little thing I wanted to talk about with Rhett real quick. Okay, oh, go, sure. go, go for it. All right, cool. I, I finished The Place Further Than the Universe. Oh, right. I was going to make you bring that up if you didn't. It's so nice. It's this so is the show nice. about the girls going to Antarctica. Yeah. Oh, I was just kind of like, is the show? Polly. This is the show about the girl that wants to go to Antarctica. There's a, the main character is trying to figure out what she wants from life, and then she meets another girl who want, who desperately wants to go to Antarctica, and it's basically just this very weirdly grounded version of like, what would it mean for four teens? to decide that they really want to go to Antarctica. And they kind of follow it through, like, very, um, like, each, like, buying airplane tickets is one part, and then packing. Uh, it, like, that's halfway through the show, because there's all this build-up before that. Of yeah, getting to that while. point. Yeah, they're, they go really hard on, like, earning each stage of that, which is mm -hmm. really cool, I think. It's... It felt. It actually kind of reminded me a little bit of. Um, it, it felt. I told you it felt like cinematic. Yeah, kind of that was like a exactly movie. the feeling. Yeah, I didn't know the exact name of the director. It kind mm -hmm. of feels like, but yeah, that was the exact feeling I got of. This feels like a movie. Like especially, I think episode two, they have that chase through the city. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, this is just this is just a movie now that was cut into a TV show somehow. <laughs> It's real good, and the payoff's real nice. Like, I, it really... Yeah. It's just a good, nice thing. I really liked it. Yeah. Polly, you should watch it. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll get right on it. Don't worry. <sighs> Don't try to know there's that. Gotta be a real, there's gotta be real easy ways for me to go out of my way for anime these days. And since, <laughs> like... And, and, and since, like, the Funimation shit happened, like, I, I don't have a subscription to that anymore... Um, and I don't have a subscription to Netflix anymore, so shit's got to be real easy and inexpensive yeah, for me. I'll, I'll make this real easy for you. Okay. <laughs> hit me up later. I'll hit, I'll hit you <laughs> up later, yeah. I'm not going out of my way to, 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 to do much for anime these days, mostly because I find myself let down, and I'm not going through a bunch of trouble for a letdown, so if somebody's going to get me to watch an anime, you're going to provide it. <laughs> <laughs> Like what happened to that one anime that I was orgasming about that is coming out in like is it this month or next? It was like it looked like you know oh. act, an actual show that's serious and has a point. It was like space something. Yeah, I think that's airing right now. Oh. I know which. It's like two girls playing music in space. Yeah, it looked good. Yeah, I think that's airing. So give it yeah. a few. Yeah, I, I, I think I had it in my head that the Antarctica show was very. Cute girls doing cute things. The show, one of those, and then this it was actually just like a nice little comedy drama thing. Mm. So I I quite liked it. 
Um, you should all, everyone should go into it with like really sky high expectations. Just, like <laughs> that's the worst part, though. Think it's going to be stuff. like the most orgasmic, amazing thing ever, and then you'd be so- sorely disappointed if it's not. <laughs> um, all right, Carol Tuesday. Carolyn Tuesday, yeah. I think it is. Yeah. We're uh, past that. What? Yo, what's up? What have you been up to? What Polly? have I been up to? Well, I'm I'm still playing Dragon Quest Eleven. Still okay. at it. Um, so last time uh, when we were together, I had gotten to a point in that game just prior to starting the podcast where it was like, "Oh shit, this story just went nuclear! Holy crazy! What happened? Holy, Holy shit! Crazy. Wasn't expecting that from a Dragon Quest game." <laughs> um, and then and this is sort of the part of the story where, like, like I said earlier, like in my earlier assessment, like. I didn't feel it like the characters were really coming together because they weren't really getting into their backgrounds or anything, but now they've set up kind of like the situation that I didn't completely spoil, but I did kind of spoil uh, last time where, you know, it's kind of like, oh, this is just ripe for characters to start having development or you learning about them. And so we get to that point and I was like, that's where it kind of like, my, my, my interest in this game is going to hinge as if they can pull this off well. And I feel that they're kind of getting like a solid 5 out of 10 on that. Uh, um, I've kind of mm. like learned most there is to know about pretty much everyone in the party. And I feel that, man, it's... Why is it so tropey? Oh, no. Why is... Like, they've done one well, but in the course of doing that, they did something I didn't want them to do at all. Um, and I can't spoil what that one is because it's mm. a pretty big one. Um, gotcha. And it was just like, oh, well, there's my feels. There's all my feels. Thanks, video game. I appreciate that. Um, and uh, of course, we're you know we're 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 rediscovering our powers as the luminary, the chosen one that will save the world. And 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 of course the video game keeps getting canceled because we have to do other things uh, to get. You know, it's again that whole sequence of uh, hey the bridge is out now if we, we need to, you know the tools are stuck up your ass somewhere you better go up there and find them <laughs> up we can't go up your ass because we don't have the magic school bus yet so we need to go find the magic school bus and then go up your ass oh and it's just man I don't hate this game but you felt the need to play a lot of distractions in the meantime yeah it's it's something like that i don't fucking know but it's just like i know that like like it's already been spoiled to hell and back for me that this game has a credits and then there's stuff after the credits and i think once i see credits this game is going away for a while like, yeah. I don't care enough about these characters. I don't care enough about this story, world, or actually playing this game enough to want to play more. And I know that that back half involves a lot of grinding. And I don't, oh. I don't like interfacing with this game's combat enough huh. to want to do any of the combat anymore. I'm so tired and bored of the combat, but I have to do it because the game's hard. <laughs> um, so wait, it's like... The game ends, but then there's a real true ending after a bunch of grinding. Yeah, like, you, uh-huh. you go do the big thing, and then, like, yeah, there's, like, post-game stuff. But it's not really post-game stuff, because it still involves part of the story. So why do you have yeah. a fucking credit sequence anyway, then? It's, just... Metal, it's, it's Metal Gear Solid Five. Ugh. I was thinking Mario Odyssey. <laughs> I guess but that's yeah, kind of like, I don't hate this game, and good on you if you like it, but man, 
the more I play this game, the more I realize that Dragon Quest is not for me. Like, this is... No. Like, the, the, like even, like, when I... Like, like, I still think that this game just does not compete with Dragon Quest VIII in terms of characterization and, mm -hmm. like, uh, a pacing that feels like, yeah, it's still long, but I don't feel like it's wasting my time in the same ways that Dragon Quest XI feels like it just wants to be the longest fucking game ever. Mm -hmm. And it has to draw every single thing. Like, the UI still just pisses me the fuck off. Because I seriously don't need seven text boxes to let me know I saved my game. <laughs> the fucking, I like, just shuffling items back and forth to make sure your characters are ready for battles and shit. It's so obnoxious. <laughs> Somebody just subscribed and it made a fart noise. <laughs> and that exactly describes kind of where I'm at. <laughs> An anonymous gifter gifted that actually. Thank you, anonymous gifter. Huh. Uh, but yeah, that's perfect timing on that submarino. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. I know Dragon Quest isn't for me. I don't hate it. Uh, I still think that its presentation is top notch. I still say that they got their Kingdom Hearts people working on that game because it's just when that game goes like all out in terms of like enemy designs and really good cutscenes that are just like immaculately produced with just incredible detail uh it's, it's like yeah that game's going all out in the best possible way but it's not going to be enough to make me care because i think that the underlying story and characters are just boring paper mm. Hmm. You seemed so to tweet something earlier today about, like, oh, you went there, game, huh? I yeah, the game did a wondering. thing, and I wasn't expecting... Like, the game's done two things I didn't expect of a Dragon Quest game, and the second <laughs> one was just like, oh, video game, you did that, and I wasn't expecting... I didn't... I wasn't looking for that at all, and I'm not happy about that. that oh. Made, that gave me a sad, you fucking video game. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So like good like and it has those little moments like that where I'm just like oh you got me you got me interested like I still love Silvando he's so amazing you know like I still like the characters that I like but like their payoffs just aren't very good and it just like it's a very boring save the world story and I just don't think the true power of friendship is a, <laughs> like it's a, is a trope that fucking works on me at all. Gotcha. Just like every Neptunia game. Yeah, but like... See, the thing is, Neptunia manages <laughs> to do that while having character. I know. And, and charm. <laughs> and like, the charm that Dragon Quest XI has is a, it's mostly all in its visuals. Like, I don't really feel mm. that like the dialogue's that snappy. I still have a great soundtrack, like, right? Oh, <laughs> man. I, I, have the, I have the game's music completely muted, and I just listen to albums or podcasts while playing that game. Oof, God. Even during the big climactic moments, I'm just listening to the new Rammstein album. That's rough. That's rough. But hey, that actually worked out, because there was this one stretch of gameplay where, like, the new Rammstein album popped up on my playlist, and I was listening to it, and every fucking story beat matched with every song that was playing there was even a transition during a boss fight that made it incredible <laughs> going from one song to the next and i was just holy shit like i wish i was recording my gameplay at that time so i could show how fucking beautiful it was but 
yeah, like the music. I, I have not listened to this game's music since like hour 15. So, and I'm like 40, 42 hours into oh it now. God. So I just, yeah, like I don't care about that game's music at all. Plus it's made by a complete piece of trash. Yeah. So, yep. So yeah, like, and it's boring. Like, why is this guy's music so fucking, like, like what? It's boring. It's just boring classical shit. It's follow, it's, it's playing color the numbers by just coloring in the right numbers on this are you making a classical piece of music chart like yeah I've heard this stuff before way better and probably by people that weren't big old pieces of trash <laughs> so yeah Perfect I'll probably sub. I'll probably be finishing that soon like I'll, I'll, will I'll, you? I, will, I will probably have Dragon Quest Eleven at least the first part, the first ending. <laughs> I guess I'll probably at least have that finished by next podcast, and then I'll probably just put the game down for a bit because I'm mm. like I, I I play this when I'm just kind of like I don't really want to do anything else. Mm. So I'm. Po- just, it's a podcast game. It's a podcast game. It's just something I can do while listening to podcasts. Jeez. That's so damning. Oh boy. Yeah, that's really bad. Honestly, Back of the box for, quote for right that there. style of game. Like, yep. For me, podcast games were things like Binding of Isaac when you've played it hundreds of times. And yeah, like, you don't or, need the or sound. Grinding yep. on Final Fantasy fourteen or something. Yep. Like that, oh, yeah. what, what would you know about grinding in Final Fantasy fourteen? I wouldn't. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, um, a new, there's a new expansion out, right? Yeah. It's, it's yeah, coming out it comes next... out like the same day as Mario Maker. Yeah, like everything's coming out on the twenty sixth. This month is gonna. This month is about to be bonkers. Like March. Mario Maker's only. You want to talk away? bonkers? We'll talk bonkers coming up because March okay. of next year is fucking nuts. Yeah, but that's not now. That's not now though. Um. So yeah. Um. Speaking of, I got one more thing I can drop in here. Uh, that's that's right. right. That's the hero. Minute. I'm in. Dra- I'm in Smash Brothers. That's right. Rhett's in Smash <laughs> Brothers. Woo! <laughs> so yeah, uh, uh, another quick thing I can uh, I, I've talked about this one all week. I even did a stream for it. Uh, the Contra Anniversary Collection just kind of dropped out of nowhere during Nintendo's E3 press conference. Uh, mm, they just like, kind of threw that out there, which is like, hey, here it is. Here's ten. I think Contra they were games. just like, yeah, this is the only way it will get any attention, and I think they were right. They were probably right, and even then, it still didn't make. And it. even then, yeah, yeah. it just kind of. I got looked buried. and it was like number 19 on the eShop last night and i'm like well that's not it's not nothing i'm almost certain <laughs> i'm almost certain castlevania did way better Aww. i think just generally seeing the people's reactions to these announcements castlevania is way more popular yeah that's that's been my experience re- listening to people it's like that is the more kind of like yeah. I, I was trying to get a little bummed out about it just like y'all contra's real good too <laughs> I think Contra just never had its Symphony of the Night moment. Yeah, Contra has the mo- Contra only has the moment everybody wants it to have in that. Oh, Contra won! It's literally impossible. <laughs> like it's that's the- all Contra can be in, in the modern <laughs> fucking lexicon of video games. That is all Contra is allowed to be. Is Contra, Contra one is impossible? Is you can't the beat it without the code. one too. You can't beat it without the code, Rhett. It's the easiest one. Impossible. Those people played hardcore. They'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" Because I played hardcore, and I was like, "Oh my god, I lost to Sniper Joe or whatever his name is." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that Contra collection came out. Uh, there's a video on my uh, 
Um, mm-hmm. on, on my YouTube, I did a I did a fun stream for that. It ended up being a, a riot, especially towards the end. I really enjoyed that. I got to watch a chunk of it. Uh, did yeah. you say that the the homing missile was the best weapon in Contra Three? Oh yeah, everybody loves the homing missile. It's what? the absolute best. It's weapon. C. It's the C missile. I know, John. It's called using sarcasm. Oh. I was about to say the C. Okay. The C is God, garbage. So... Yeah, like the C is great. The H is garbage. That's what I, I was so confused. I was like playing it today. Just like, how, how did you think the H was the good <laughs> weapon? What the fuck? This thing sucks. Why is, why would Polly be this wrong about a Contra thing? I don't understand. Well, it's it, 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 like a, a Contra 3 runner was in my chat that night. Uh, uh-huh. FCJ2000 on twitch.tv, if you don't know him. And uh, yeah, like I, I was just making a point of ribbing him the whole time I was playing Contra 3 because I think it's a trash <laughs> game. Uh, it's a trash game for trash babies, basically. But is there a point? There's never a point where the H is actually useful, is there? No, never. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, okay, okay. The contra- it seems better in the overhead stages. It uh, seems like it was dealing a little more damage okay. there. It'll do okay in the hall. Like yeah, like if you have problems with those, but even then, like the larger enemies are going to pose a problem because they move fast, mm-hmm. and like that thing doesn't kill fast enough. No, it sure doesn't. Sure doesn't. So the Contra Anniversary Collection, it is really pretty good. I mean, it's definitely, you're emulating, you're not getting 100% of the experience. There's going to be a minuscule mm-hmm. amount of, 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 of input lag. As a speedrunner of a few of these games, I did not find it all of that, all that um, uh, distracting as a problem. Uh, the emulation is pretty solid. The only issues that I've really run into are uh, Contra 1 Arcade. There seems to be way more slowdown yeah. there than... Uh, I, and somebody uh, mentioned that, like, oh, well, it's just because you're using rapid fire. It's like, no, I'm, I'm not. Literally, I'm not. Uh, there's, this game just slows down really bad, and it's not there yeah. on the original hardware, nor does it slow down in the DS collection I have uh, to the degree that Contra 1 slows down here. Uh, so that's, like, one there's of the DS emulation... That's one Is there of the a DS collection with Arcade Contra? I've played actual Arcade Contra. It was at a fair back in 1998. Uh, okay. But you said on the DS. Yeah, yeah. there's a DS Contra uh, on the oh. Konami Arcade Collection. Huh. I, I never knew that. <laughs> yeah. I actually cool. saw somebody say that Contra Arcade was already on Switch. There's like an Arcade Archives release of it mm-hmm. that doesn't have the slowdown. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Hopefully... So for like that one game that isn't very good to begin with, though... Yeah. So it's not really much of a loss. Yeah. But yeah, I played a bit of that. I'm like, wow, this is chugging. Yeah. It, 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 so like, that's one of the major emulation gripes I have with it. Uh, the second one is Super Contra is missing all of the arcade uh, games uh, voice samples. So the oh. intro is completely quiet. You don't get that really cool cutscene of, what is this place? <laughs> Keep your eyes peeled. That's then, so weird. But then, like, the alien still has its voice sample there, which is weird. <laughs> so, yeah, like, they, they, they took all of that, and, like, yeah. That, but uh, other than that, Super Contra is still 100. Like, it doesn't chug at all. Like, it plays completely fine. Cool. Um, the NES games, the only thing I noticed was, and it's just because I speedrun it and I'm sensitive to it, I noticed mm-hmm. the little bit of extra input delay in uh, Contra uh. and the Famicom version of Contra. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super C looks a little washed out to me. Uh, it looks, really? It looks huh. way more gray. Uh, and those colors pop on the CRT that I have uh, that I would regularly play that yeah. game on. So, I guess uh, I've never actually played the original of that. 
I've only ever emulated it, so yeah. Uh, as soon as I sure. dropped in, as soon as I dropped into the first stage of Super C, like I, I kind of had the pause and was just like, this looks real washed out and kind of mm. bad, and some of the oh. colors seem a little wrong, and I think a few of the sound effects aren't emulated properly either. But sound and emulation is really hard. Yeah, I noticed in Super C the enemies, like the random fodder enemies in the very last stage, yeah, make it make a different sound than I'm used to. Yeah, but I'm like, is this more accurate or less accurate? It's less accurate. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of neat though. They kind of scream like an alien instead of just doing the regular death. <laughs> like there's, a, it's like, weird. Like it's supposed to be emulating a sound, but they actually like it's a different sound effect. Uh, yeah. Even in the even in a non-emulated version, it's a different sound effect that the purple aliens make, but it's not emulated properly. So it kind of just sounds like a weird shrill squeal now, whereas it has like a really cool kind of like up and down little sound huh. uh, in the mm, original. I need to find a video of the NES. Yeah, that one. Uh, the uh, SNES and Genesis games are emulated pretty well. Like uh, the only thing uh, that they changed there was they added some uh, seizure protection to some of the bosses that flash a lot or <sighs> have rapid color cycling. Which that's still a feature I yeah. wish you could turn off. Yeah, because mm. it's so cool and hardcore. Yeah, like yeah. there's a lot of like. And to be fair, there's only like I think three bosses that are affected by it in hardcore, and it's Is just it like the... that first robot. Um, the, the waterfall, red, red falcon, and um, no, the waterfall boss is fine. Oh, um, huh. and there's one other. Uh, like I finished the uh, like rounding out all the achievements in that game last night. But yeah, there's like I only remember three bosses kind of having that. Yeah, the research center boss. Uh, so the, yeah, those three are the only ones that I remember kind of having that uh, filter over the issue. Them. And it's it's not a big deal. It doesn't affect the gameplay. But I think. The cool thing is that this thing comes with like a 75 page booklet. Uh, it's a digital booklet. It's that in is game. very cool. Um, and it's got all of this like concept shit from like concept to how things ended up in the game. And like it, it goes as deep as having dated graph maps of how stages are to be laid out and how many jump units your character has and how, like, like and a guide to the, to whoever's creating the levels as to like mm. how many squares equal the jump arc that way you're designing the, the stage properly like i think like the, the oldest one i saw was from like november 1987 yeah that's so cool but they they, they they do a deep dive on all my in that little booklet through all of the games that are included with the collection though and there's like a really great uh, interview with current uh lead who's basically uh, been the director of the games since Contra 3, basically. So, uh, yeah. Like, that that like that in and of itself, to me, as a Contra fan, it was just like, that's, that is the easiest $20 I'll spend. You know, nice. the, like, you're getting really good... You're, you're getting yeah. really good... You're getting a solidly packaged emulation of older games. Uh, they are going to be giving you the... Um, uh, 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 Mega Drive version of uh, uh, Contra Hardcore in a later update. There's something mm -hmm. else they're patching in. Um, and you can't remap controls would be my other uh, That's the issue. worst part, though. Yeah. That's so bad. You really feel it in games like Hardcore, where like, yeah, I am just not used uh, to playing it that way. Hardcore was the first game I loaded up, and I was just immediately like, what the fuck are these controls? Like, shoot is on the bottom and jump is on the right, and then yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. So luckily, Hardcore has its own in-game character or controller swap. Yeah. So you can fix it a bit, but then 
It's like, still just, a little wonky, yeah. but you can't really quite get it where you want. And like, if you're using a PC, Joy to Key won't work because the game picks up both. Like, you can't just say yeah. I'm using a controller or I'm using a keyboard, mm-hmm. so it doesn't really work that way. Uh, I've gotten better at it, like obviously, like you know. But you know, you spend, you know, I spent ten hours with this thing doing all of the achievements and beating all the games <laughs> every way imaginable. So, you know, it's gonna be a bit for me. I'm like, okay. Beat Super C on two credits. Nice. Well, then you didn't really beat Super C, did you? What? Yeah, I'm gonna let's go be ahead and honest. Say let's be didn't honest. Didn't really here. beat Super C. Didn't really. No, I it. said two credits. I'm working on the one credit. Jesus All right. Christ. Well, I'm just saying you're 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 laying claim to a pretty lofty title of saying that you beat a game and you didn't do it on one credit. <laughs> I'm not gonna allow that. Not on John's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I beat I be, I did Contra one and Super C a little bit ago, so ne- now I'm kind of sampling Contra three, and then oh, I also the have Operation game. C in the in the thing, and then I get to try to do every route in hardcore, and that'll be like the the big one. Yeah, that's the yeah. So that's exciting. That you know what's event. fun? What's what's yeah? Fun? I haven't I haven't really played a whole lot of Operation C, so like you play that in this collection, I'm like, oh yeah, this is a really good Contra game. Like, it really is right. And then you jump immediately to hardcore, and it feels so fast. Oh, God, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Going specifically from those two between each other, like, basically the slowest one and the fastest one. Yeah. It's like, oh, God. Oh, yeah. God. It's, it, that's whiplash. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so funny. Like, even going, like, from, from, from uh, Operation C to Contra 3 would just be, like, a fucking trip. Because Contra yeah. 3 yeah. is really fast, too. Yeah. that that's the, That is the neat thing with Contra 3, though, is that it's, it, it is sort of the missing link between... Like Super C, Operation C, and Hardcore. Yeah, I yeah. Can, I can play. I'm playing it, and I'm like, I, I, I vibe with it. <sighs> Contra 3 had to walk so that Hardcore could run. There you go. Contra 3 isn't bad. It's the overhead stages that are bad. Yeah, like, yeah, that's, that's my problem with Contra 3, and it's always been my problem with Contra 3. It's like, I hate a third of the game. Yeah. There are six the, stages. The second overhead like, is so rough. Yeah. Oh, God. The second overhead stage is literally the worst crappy crap that ever crapped out of a butt <laughs> crap. But stage three is so good. The stage three stage, is amazing. Stage three is like an all-time best. Like, it's like, for it's me, that, that is probably my favorite Contra stage of all time. In my least favorite Contra yeah. game. <laughs> and then they Except for that bit in the middle where you climb the wall for like 30 seconds. Yeah, but even that's still <laughs> like that is a cool ass set piece. It's the cool. first time it's you get cool to it. Piece. Yeah, they did a version of this on Game Boy Advance. Oh boy, it's oh up. boy. They took out the overhead stages and then they put in two stages from Hardcore that don't really work at all. And they took out no slide. Yeah, no slide. No slide. In it's so weird. Yeah, add that to the collection. Yeah, I spent about probably an hour today, kind of drilling stage four a bit. And it was cool kind of seeing a lot of those things like, oh, okay, I can actually get past this. Mm. Things that seemed really rough at first. And then there's little things like the, the wibbly wobbly tube under the ship that was just like, oh boy, this just is... Just stay to the right. Just stay to the right? Yeah, if you just yeah. stay to the right, it'll blow itself up and you, yeah, that's all you gotta do. Just hang on to the right, it'll wiggle, it'll wiggle, it'll wiggle, and when like the first <laughs> part of it, and when the first part of it's wiggler goes off screen the whole thing just explodes for some reason okay so i don't have to i don't you have ain't to gotta do anything about that you can just like just stay to the right you're good all right the other thing was the was the when they all are coming down all the enemies are coming down from the bottom of the ship and you have to kill the the black the um yeah the dark one instead yeah. of the red ones 
Yeah, um, that 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 part's rough because that guy can get that guy is real wiry and be, yeah, the only mm. way you get out of that segment is killing uh, the darker enemy. So yeah, it's rough. You'll get okay. it. Though. You'll get it. I'll get it. I'll learn it. And then now I'm drilling a bit of stage six because I don't want to drill stage five yet because it, it's I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, it's even the stage is fine. It's just that boss at the end where it everything I felt like I could manage everything until the boss turned on the, the it starts floor. spinning the sound it starts spinning the sand and mm. uh, you can fight back against that using uh, double taps of L and R but I bet most people don't know that is if you go on double the little, taps yeah if you double tap you spin faster so you can actually counter oh. you can actually counter spin okay that that's useful to know I thought you could only just turn left and right no that. if you double tap it you'll, right. you'll you'll do a way faster spin and it'll let you kind mm. of like but you have to kind of like be locked in just right so that the way you're spinning is still pointed at the boss so you can hit it. So it's still a fucking pain in the ass. I think you're blowing everyone's mind with this info, though, that, that that's possible. What, did they didn't know about it. the double tap? I didn't know about. I didn't know about the double tap. Well, you go. You can double tap. I don't think Beepner did either. Did you see those? Did you see those? Um, those clips I was retweeting about in Operation C, like the one big pit at the top of the waterfall area where you can just wait for 20 seconds and then a little bridge builds itself over the pit. <laughs> I oh. never knew that. That's so, wild. That is a literal one pixel jump. You have <laughs> one fucking pixel to make that jump. Uh-huh. That's a Castlevania And they build a jump, bridge? Okay. I, I was just <laughs> flabbergasted. And then I saw the other one where you can ki- shoot an alien for a longer than you'd think and then get a homing missile. Yeah. I was like, oh, That's cool. crazy. It's so cool. I love little secrets like that. Contra's cool, Polly. Yeah, Contra's really rad, and I'm glad that this collection is out. I hope more people give it a go uh, because there's certainly, like, like, like I think that the package this thing offers for a mere 20 bucks is definitely worth it. And the emulation is good enough that I think that the price is right. And considering that it's Konami we're dealing with and that they gave enough of a fuck <laughs> to actually give M2 at least the budget they needed to see this thing wasn't to- a total shit show because it mm-hmm. very well could have been. Mm-hmm. It very well could have been that SNK collection that came out a while ago that was complete and utter garbage. Ah, I don't know mm-hmm. about that. That's sad. But this emulation is is really solid. The games are replicated well enough that I don't think most people are going to notice the little faults that are there. Mm-hmm. Cool. Someday I'll finish Hardcore, and then I can finally move on to the PlayStation games. <sighs> finally. Finally, the good ones. <sighs> Rhett! Oh, is it back to me? Yeah, it's back to you. What else have you up to? Wait, did we not do you? I did a li- I did my um, anime one. I'll do if anything else. <laughs> did you want to did you want to balance sure. it out? Do you want to talk about something else? It's your well, show, John. That's true. There was uh, there was one thing I got real into. I did take a little bit of I'm t- I've been playing a bunch of Trails third. I don't we don't need to talk about uh, that one yet. I'll finish it. Okay. Um I'm a ways into I'm a good ways into that. I won't say chapter numbers, but a good ways. Um I've been keeping you and Chelsea abreast of that. Mm. <laughs> Um, it's a good, it's very good. It's a very good game. That's hey, Rhett, a, it's a very yeah. good game. Okay. God, Rhett, why aren't you playing Trails 3rd yet? I'll tell you why. He's got a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I took a little bit of break from that because I was ready to play a good RPG. Um, and I booted up Saga Frontier because the, the, the best <clears throat> games happened. Perfect! Um, 
Perfect subscription, Rhett. Perfect. Ha! You will never hear a more perfect subscription. You were waiting. You were you were waiting for me to bring ah! That's why you said it. You were like, you had your finger on the trigger for I that I literally did. And you were like, wait, no, I thought John was going to talk about Saga. So they did announce at E3 that they are bring. They are finally, finally localizing um, romant- the Romancing Saga 3 remake and the, the updated re-release of Saga... Shit, what was it called? Scarlet Curiosity. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> Scarlet Weather Rhapsody. Yeah, and Saga Scarlet Weather Rhapsody. Trials of Saga. <laughs> um, Scarlet Grace. Scarlet, um, Grace, Scarlet yeah. Grace colon Ambitions. The the remade. <laughs> the kind of they re, they made a updated version two years later, and we're, that's the version we're getting. The tor- uh, the, one, the one Toriyama named. <laughs> was it a phone game or get a Vita game? It was a Vita game. It looks okay. like a, it looks like a phone game. It really, <laughs> it sure does look like a phone game. Jeez. I read I read that interview where he was like, "Oh, we took out dungeons and dungeons and towns, so you just walk around the overworld and trigger story battles and sequences." And I was like, "Oh, cool! Like Fate Go, fabulous, oh. perfect." Um, but you know, it still it still has the pretty music, and if it's, I, I still play. We'll we'll play those kind of games. So. Um, yeah, the frothing demand for the saga series continues. <laughs> yeah, um, but even better, they did. But the the real, gem, I'm glad that they are bringing that. I'm glad that they're bringing over Scarlet Grace. I'm glad for more of that. I'm really glad they're bringing over the Romancing Saga three remake. Um, I thought because you didn't I played like Romancing Saga three. Uh, you thought I didn't like that? Yeah, I never. Oh no, I I, I sampled Romancing Saga one, mm. and that's and that's the one. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's lovely. I just it's pretty it's it feels a little uh, pretty janky and the music and aesthetic aren't very pretty in comparison Mm. um it was very it was 1992 and it wasn't like i i showed that video where it's it's pretty janky and a little very very like like while final fantasy was kind of getting the budget saga probably not um and it was the first open world one, so like that's another kind of thing is that they were figuring out a lot of that stuff. Like here's one big change from Romancing Saga One to Romancing Saga Two. Two is the one I beat it. I bought it on my phone. Um, I beat it. I completely loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, in in one, you level up. You level up your weapons when you use them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you so like you have a specific sword, and then you, the more you use that sword, the stronger you get with that sword. In Romancing Saga 2, you have a generic sword stat that levels up the more you use swords. Right. In the first game, you level up your ability to use that specific weapon. Mm. So when you get a new sword, you start at level 1 again. Mm. So that's like one of the little things up things that they tweaked in 2. Um, it just made it kind of more nice and accessible. Well, um, yeah, I, I honestly expect you to say something that was like made it less accessible. Yeah, like this is... <laughs> and now it's just a random... It's a sword stat, and it can go up or down at random. <laughs> I think I think they didn't introduce sparking until Romancing Saga Two as well, which is the really cool um, thing where you'll learn abilities randomly during battle. Just so you're in like, the middle go, of a fight. Yeah, you'll go to use a certain ability <laughs> on an enemy, and then your character will have a little light bulb pop on their head, and they'll use a new. Usually, much stronger ability on the enemy, and it feels really good. Which and I cool. think that's actually a cool system. Yeah, 
I it's really just, like hey, it. the parameters for this happening are fuck if we know. Yup. That's the, the, that's generally, I think something I've been, so I, I booted up Saga Frontier and I played, um, because I was in a super saga mood and I beat, and I played all of the robots route and I beat it. Um, so that was the first time I'd finished a Saga Frontier route and it made me feel good. I still feel completely terrified the whole time I'm playing a Saga game and I don't believe that I'm going to actually win until the final boss is very dead. I spend the whole time thinking, nope, it's not going to pan out. I'm going to get fucked. Yep. <laughs> this isn't going to be, this isn't going to be okay. I'm, I'm so worried. Like I literally like didn't fight any boss in Saga Frontier that I, that took more than two tries. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I spent the whole time very stressed out, which I think is pretty ideal. <laughs> I will like, yeah, like if that's I'm like pretty good game. To, that's like, I want in to a struggle. Sense. I want, yeah, yeah, like I want to struggle in these kinds of moments. You got to make me feel it. Yeah. Um, and that was that was kind of the realization with like Romancing Saga two, especially. Um, I kind of had to process that as as convoluted as all these systems are. Ultimately, what it is, is you have to fight a bunch of battles so that you can get stronger and then beat the boss. Yeah. Like, that's basically what it all boils down to. Like, I was stuck in Romancing Saga 2 for a long time, and then I was like, I don't know what to do. What am I supposed to do? And then I was like, oh, I just have to grind for two hours. And then I did. And then I beat a bunch of bosses. Um, so I think that because the games have, like, things like level scaling... um which usually just affects the regular enemies. The bosses have static high levels. Yeah. Um, it makes people think like, oh God, you can't, I'm going to... It's insurmountable and you have to grind it's for it. insurmountable. I can't, not, it's not even that I have to grind, it's that I can't grind. That's not going to fix it. No. But it, it will. Grinding usually is going to fix it. Um, I mean, like, it's still, like, it's not grinding in the sense because these games don't have experience points. It's more of that Final Fantasy to do stuff in battle, get bonuses for it. Mm-hmm. Except that in Final Fantasy II, it's very directly related between you and what you're what you do, which can lead to you doing silly things to grind. Yeah, like beating um, yourself over the head with like a beating stick. yourself out of the head. From Final Fantasy Legend One on, they kind of disconnected what that that relationship a little bit. Like I think there's some of it there, but mostly you just fight, finish a battle, and then you get some stat bonuses, and yeah. you don't really have to think about it. Yeah, Chrono Cross has sort of like a simplified, smaller version of that. Um, Chrono Cross is weird in that you your big level-ups are mostly just... They, those come from big story bosses. From beating a story boss, yeah. But you still get smaller ones over the course of just, you know, in the interim. Yeah, it's weird. I think you get like, you fight random encounters and you get little, little things, little, um boosts in Chrono Cross, and then once you've fought, like, a certain number, you'll get kind of a bigger st- stat boost. Yeah. And then they, you either don't get any, or they go back to small forever. Yeah. So there's there's that little meta thing of, like, did I get my big stat boost? Should I do that before I fight the boss? Yeah. Except you don't have to, because Chrono Cross is very, very easy. Very easy, baby easy very, video game. Very baby easy video game. Um, so, th- what I wanted to do, talking about Saga Frontier here, was that I feel like we built up kind of a narrative about it, about these games, and I kind of wanted to talk about what it was actually like playing it, yes. if that makes sense. I think that that's fair, because I, I, I mentioned that this week that I will 100% admit that I admire Akitoshi Kawazu's design principles because they're very pure, 
very honest, and, like, it's not random for the sake of random. Like, there is a method that makes sense to him as to why these systems work the way they do. And I understand why people like them. They're just not for me. Oh, yeah, that's but But, but as a creator, I have an immense amount of respect for him sticking to his guns on every project he does because they are so easily identifiable to have his mark on them. Yep. Literally, like, you can play Last Remnant and just yes. be like, like, yep, he was involved in this one. Like, yep. that, I think that's fabulous. And, and that's great. I think that, like, mm -hmm. even though I don't really like any of his games, I like him as a creator. Mm. We need I think that's a crazy totally elements cool like that. We away. need creatives like that, I think. Especially in the bigger space like yes. that. Like this in like at Square Enix, this dude is making games. Yeah, like somebody so that cool. like yeah, like the, the most streamlined mainstream company in the world has a mad fucking scientist on board mm -hmm. as well. The people that made Dragon Quest Eleven also have Kawazu. Yeah. <laughs> I mean they also have Yoko Taro, so that's yeah, to be fair, yeah, that's that is a fair thing to say. Yeah, yeah. Yoko Taro, also mad scientist. Yeah, better, prop better. I think you could say also has the the interesting quirks, like when you play Dragon Card Three. <laughs> yeah, like we talk about that. So yeah, that. But the experience sort of, of playing Saga Frontier. All right, the experience of actually playing Saga Frontier. It is ninety five percent random battles you're just fighting random battles most of them are very easy you're just kind of fighting grinding through these battles like mm -hmm. that is that's that's the reality of it um the routes are short like i i finished this robot route in eight hours um it almost felt like sort of one of the game boy sagas but like squeezed down which was which i really liked the game boy sagas are linear mm -hmm. um and then, but beyond, from Romancing Saga on, they add the open world element. Um, and the way that, so in Romancing Saga, you start off at this world, and then you can just go anywhere, and the enemies will scale up with you. And in Romancing Saga 1, it's literally just, once you've completed enough quests, just go, going around doing stuff, or fought enough battles, I can't remember which, then the last quest opens up. It's, mm. it's so open-ended in how you can approach it. Um, but Saga Frontier has like these seven linear, kind of linear routes, little story routes. It's just that they all take place in the same big open world. Yeah. So the way that manifests playing Saga Frontier is that you have this little linear RPG where at any time you can go dick around in this giant world that's mostly empty and irrelevant to your story. <laughs> <laughs> and that's... Like, like, that kind of exploration is really what RPGs were kind of built on when you look yeah. at... When you look at older Dragon Quest games, when you look at older Final Fantasy games, it's a lot of that experience is going places you shouldn't fucking be getting your ass kicked and then trying to find the actual main thread. Yeah. So, like, there were, there were times when just playing the game where I went on an hour and a half long detour... And then realize, okay, I don't actually need to be here. Yeah, it's... it's oh. Saga just lets you go. Yeah. Because of the way enemy scaling works. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool. It's it's more cool when you're playing with humans, because those are the ones that grow... Um, they just... They're they're leveling up the whole... Every fight. So when you're if you just go and dick around in this random dungeon that doesn't mean anything, you'll level up the whole time, 
And then at the end, you might find a cool boss and then get, get your ass kicked and then come back four hours later and beat it and then get a really good sword. That's what happened with me. Um, I got a really good sword from coming back to this boss I fought at the start of the game and got my ass kicked. I came back like two more times. Second time, almost, almost beat him, but got my ass kicked. And I came back later, killed him, and then got an end game really good sword that I used for the final boss. So it's, it's like, like in almost cool. in almost the most roundabout way, you could say that saga games are very much the modern analog of the traditional RPGs of where we started. Yeah, They're when just... he said that he liked Ultima Four, I was like, "Oh yeah, I yeah." See like, that. He, like that puts a lot of things into perspective. Mm -hmm. Oh man, so the um, so that all makes sense. I, I I because Saga Frontier also brings back the in Romantic Saga. There's just humans who level up just with stack gains every fight, so it's pretty easy to understand. Saga Frontier brings back the other races. Um, that were present in the Game Boy games who just have completely different progression systems like yeah, from a different game. Every character is literally unique in that game. You can't take that away from it. For good or bad, every 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 main character you pick is completely unique. Um, so I, I had a party of all almost all robots this time around <laughs> and the way it the way it works, the way robots work, like humans, they just level up. But they, they don't level up. They gain stats every fight. And then if they you fight stronger enemies, then you get more stats. And they equip weapons and items. And it's very understandable. Robots have eight equip slots. And anything they equip raises their stats. And, they're, and they don't level up. Um, I thought so you could it's get uh, bonuses from absorbing abilities. Um... Maybe you can. I didn't notice any, but maybe you can't. It's Saga Poly. It's been maybe a long time can. since I've played this game, but I, I thought that I remembered absorbing uh, absorbing skills after battles, and I think that they give you like small increases in two random stats, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Well, if, if they do that, it's not the primary progression method the, no, for robots. It's not. No, no, no. Like it is with humans. With, so with robots, you equip like three copies of the same armor, and they won't just raise your defense like they do for humans, but it raises, like, your vitality and your HP goes up. Like, there's a huge bunch of stat bonuses associated with every item. Yeah. And you, so you, the way you do it is you just equip, get, hoard all these really good late game items and equip them into all these slots in your robots, and that's how you get really strong robots. Yes. It's, it's, it is fascinating to say the <laughs> it's least. It's so weird. And and they they, the way it's so weird, but they also like you kind of break them. It feels like you're breaking the game because they'll level up. You'll get, you'll just get this good sword and put it on your robot, and suddenly have 300 more HP. Yeah, and, the, and he's strong, and he's suddenly stronger than every other guy you have. Yeah, it's like oh shit, okay. Like balance is not a. There was never an issue of wondering if our game is balanced during the production of this game. <laughs> Yeah, they just made it so you can break the game, and then they made the enemies hard to match it. Yeah. Um, so there's next to no story. Like, there are a handful, like, less than... I talked about Fantasy Star 2 having next to no story. This is significantly less than that. Um, the story... So it's just this... Like, the robot has this very cute, very small story where he has his past mission that he has forgotten. He's 10,000 years old. 
and he's he wakes and he's woken up by a little human boy, and he wants to remember what his past mission was. And then you go on a goose chase to four different places, and you remember what your past mission was, and it was to stop this gen evil genocide robot. And by figuring that out, you've actually awakened the robot. So now you have to go to its base and destroy it. And that's the whole story. Mm. It happens over like five discrete story quests in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and most of that game is just fighting random encounters and managing the weird obtuse system. It, it's actually pretty decent about like flagging where you're supposed to go next. Like... Tom gave me a couple hints in my stream, but I basically always had a good idea of where the next stage of the story was. Mm. And I think that was true for me in the Game Boy games, too, um, where most of the confusion and opaqueness of these games isn't in, like, how do I trigger the cutscene? It's more like, how do I... <laughs> How do I even with this with these progression systems? Yeah, just like because like when you get a party where you're managing multiple progression systems, <laughs> that's when things get real fucky with this game. Yeah, there's also mute. There's also espers and monsters, and I think at least one half esper. Mm -hmm. And I think they all have different progression systems. <laughs> yep. The, the, I tried engaging with the monster. The monsters like eat other monsters, yep. and then depending on what abilities you have they absorb abilities from eating them and then depending on what abilities you have equipped and in what order they morph into other monsters and that determines their all their stats yeah uh, it's it's yeah <laughs> and there's it's not documented anywhere no it's not i think <laughs> no even, way even the official strategy guide i have the strategy guide for this game <laughs> even it seems kind of like well maybe when it's trying to discuss a lot of these characters and their progression. God. I want to so, find the Japanese wiki that has figured it out. Yeah, there, there's a couple... Uh, there's a thing on Gamebacks. It's like, equip these abilities and that'll turn you into a dragon. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's just people have found formulas that work and that's what we have. But we don't know how the underlying systems actually make this work. <laughs> Like, I would be interested in hearing, like, a speedrunner play through a route of this game and explain oh, the mechanics. God. Um, I thought that I figured out how the gold breaking works, and then I Googled it, and it's actually, uh, there's more steps to it. Uh -huh. There's this, so, um, but, but yeah, the, <laughs> so there's next to no story, it's all fighting, and the fighting doesn't make any sense, and the last thing that I really connected with about the game is that I think it's extremely gorgeous. Oh, I God, yeah. Like, very it's, pretty. It's got an incredible look. It's got an incredible look and an incredible soundtrack. The Kenji Ito stuff is ridiculously like, on all point. Saga games, uh, despite what I think about them, they look incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, I they really love... I love Saga. I love Saga 1's look. I love Saga 2's look. Like, uh, I'm talking about Frontier, by the way. Um, mm. I, I don't really Oh, care. yeah, Saga Frontier is cool. Like, Saga, Saga Frontier 1 and 2 are fucking gorgeous. Unlimited Saga has got its own whole shit going on. Mm-hmm. Romantic Saga 3 looks great. Um, what was that? I don't know. I thought... That was my keyboard moving. Oh, that was okay. Not you. I thought that was, like, a squeal for a second. Like, it looks so good. <laughs> no, yeah. So, <laughs> so, like, the final boss fight of the robot route is just, like mind-boggling mm. it, it like i watched it on a video like five years ago and it hasn't left my head since it's a combination of like the attack animations are very 
pretty. The sound design is really, really good and on point. And then the music is really good. And the art's really pretty. The every, the battles are really snappy and feel great. Um, so it's literally just like, this is a game of nothing but random encounters and managing this obtuse progression system. But the random encounters feel real good, so I don't mind too much. Um, and also it's only eight hours long, so it was well, easy. To, it's pretty easy to deal with. There's like seven routes, though, so each one is around eight hours long, right? Yep, but that, guess what? There's no, like, final route <laughs> or grand or final like true story ending Jeez. it's just so there's no pressure <laughs> so it's just it's just seven small games yes there was i think a planned eighth route and oh. it was cut <laughs> so then, it, it's the octopath traveler of its day basically is there it, i mean doesn't that one have a story though more like, of a story than it sounds like this has, but I've one yeah. of the big complaints I've always seen about that game is that there's not a whole lot of story. Or gotcha. like there's not that there's not a lot of story, but there's not a lot of connectivity between each character's story mm-hmm. until like the very, very, very end when you've done all eight. Yeah, Saga Frontier has seven routes and seven final bosses and seven different and six endings. endings. And, and six, six endings. endings. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was browsing around game FAQs. Mm-hmm. specifically seeing people talk about that one that just fades out and like what their oh, theories so, were it's so it's funny seeing game faq's posts from 10 years ago and realizing oh that was 2009 like it's not that <laughs> like this the game, game still was still then. yeah i was 12 years old at that point but i saw a lot of people bitching that the game wasn't actually finished and that like that was one of the clear yeah. signs that this I, one I, of the roots just doesn't have an ending well it's not like that it's sowing the seeds of some greater arc in the story like i don't know like complaining about it feeling unfinished doesn't make too much sense to me because i there's no sense of like some of a bigger grander thing that wasn't a bigger grander vision that was not fulfilled that's like weird like it just it feels like they started making rpg and then they just kept going until they ran out of time and money (laughs) (laughs) like a friend said like if he feel he felt like playing Saga Frontier, like if they had been given all the, enough resources, it would have just kept going, and by now Saga Frontier would have consumed Jupiter with a bunch <laughs> of unrelated maps, and said like the, there's like ten there's like twenty world maps that are just completely disconnected and have like four things in them, like they and they're all completely different settings. Once some of them will be cyberpunk, some of them will be epic <laughs> fantasy. One's a farm, one's a casino, like. So wait, the seven characters in this, they don't share the same world map? They share, they, you can go to all the world maps with all the characters. Oh my god, oh okay. I, so I played a little bit of this game back in uh-huh. the day, and I, I bounced off it real quickly. And then there's at Do least have, one, yeah. go ahead. Do you have any idea how the espers work? No idea. Because that no. was the one I think I tried to play, and I was just like, mm, I hate this. <laughs> I'm 13 years old, this, this is not Final Fantasy it's it's hard i think that it sounds like red's the the good the one to go for for um newbies because it's humans and it's it has like the media story i think it, it it's the sentai one uh, um that's the one i'm yeah, probably gonna do next i that do think fun. i can kind of remember being able to go to the other world maps and again being very confused about why that was possible <laughs> you could just go to like 20 you there, there's at least one route loot i think 
where you just start and there's like a brief intro and then you open up the route and the way to the final boss is open. Yeah. And yeah. all you can do is just play in the open world and level up for seven hours. Oh my god. Which is wild. So it's it's a crazy ambitious game, especially for the yeah. time that it came out, because now you're in like a post Final Fantasy VII world where yep. we that's had... what killed it for me though. Yeah, that's <laughs> I think that's... there yeah. were expectations that were not. I think that that's what I think that that's what killed it for a lot of people. Uh, you know, having come out after Final, the creators Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy VII, and it actually says oh. that on the box. That's oh just, my god, it's the most damning thing. Yep. Yep, yep, I mean, yep. speaking of expectations, Final Fantasy VIII also had to come after Final Fantasy VII, so... Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, man, bummer they found the source code for that. <laughs> oh, now, pe- now people have to pretend they like it, too, and they're excited <laughs> about it being announced. That's the thing, when people, like, talk about eight, Final Fantasy VIII or, like, Chrono Cross, like, well, I like the character progressions, I like the art, I like XYZ, <laughs> um... There's still so much bad story in those games and yeah. bad, boring fights. Yeah. Like, that's why Saga Frontier is, like, the one where I feel like I can say, well, I mostly just like it because it's very pretty. Because there's nothing else. There's no story. There's yeah. not a lot of anything else. No. There's nothing distracting you from it just being very pretty and having nice-feeling fights. And really good music. And real good music. That's it. It's just a vehicle for delivering art. <laughs> I would say no story is probably better than bad story. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my thesis with it being my my favorite bad PS1 Square game. Holy shit, I think this podcast has turned a corner on Saga Frontier. I think it has. I don't know. I'm not lining up to go back to that thing. I'm not (laughs) saying you gotta go back, but I can at least look at that thing and say, I, I get it. I get it. Even if it's, I kind of still don't get it. Even if it's very much like Samurai Karasu once once elegantly put it, like playing chess <laughs> with a de- like playing chess with a dementia patient. Um, even if it is that over the top and bonkers, I can respect what that thing's doing and and and, and Kawazu's vision. Yeah, I think the romancing games probably would make more sense to mm-hmm. average players because it's like I think Soccer Frontier is the the most weird and opaque saga game of the ones that I've t- you, tried You haven't played Unlimited yet. <laughs> uh, that's true. I haven't played Unlimited yet. Um, but the Game Boy games are linear, which makes the opaqueness much easier to deal with yeah. systems-wise. Yeah. Um, and then Romancing, you... Like, again, with Saga Frontier, 90% of the world map is irrelevant. With Romancing, like, you have a little story at the start, but then... Like, like, with Romancing Saga 1, you pick one of eight characters, and they each have their own little story arc. But then it just merges into the big game, and they all have the same final boss. Um, Jetstorm and then Rom- has a great... Jetstorm has a great, great idea in chat. Group I think we should through. do it. I think we should do it. It's easily emulatable. I think we should do it. I would... Oh, I will... I'll dive into Unlimited Saga if other people are going to join me with it. I will easily do that. I have a copy. Who wants um, to Fresno join us on this fresh hell? That includes you, Rhett. You're in. Mm. You're I'm in. like, not me. Not, you're in. You are a no part way. of this podcasting experience. What? You must en- you must endure uh, and enjoy. I, I the, got two minute games to play coming up. The two ends. Enjoy and endure. Well, you think with Unlimited Saga, we can all go in knowing we're not going to finish this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, nobody's going to finish this garbage. Because nobody has finished it. Ever. Nope. Ever. <laughs> it's Unlimited. 
It's very. I think I, checked, I think I remember checking how long to beat years ago and it having like three <laughs> people <laughs> on this PS2 game, like a high-profile Square PS2 game. They just accidentally stumbled into the finish, like uh, like thousands of monkeys on typewriters. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm looking at how how long to beat .com Unlimited Saga. It's actually one person. What? It hasn't changed in wow. five years. Holy One shit. person said it took them 48 and a half hours. Just the, the the mere premise of that game and the craziness that is there and just like, it's, it's a board game? What's going on? What is this wheel? Why is it spinning? Why is it? I don't get it. I don't get it! <laughs> it's like you can open a treasure chest and then when you try to open it, you spin a roulette wheel and then either you successfully open it or you don't. Yeah. And you have a number of turns in the dungeon so every time you try to open the chest and fail you're wasting turns if you run out then you lose the dungeon <laughs> like like that's one piece of it like you have to do that roulette wheel for everything and it's still I, got yeah. crazy ass bonkers progression systems for characters oh my God. on top of all of the board game stuff it's just like i i would be on to play this 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 game at least i would at least give this game 10 hours of my life <laughs> just because i have to know i have to know i get it I, f I feel like i've been saving up for it like like saga frontier still terrifies me like i told you i i was in the final dungeon up to the final boss didn't think i was going to beat the game yeah yeah i thought i i had saved past the point of no return point and i was like i don't want to revert my save two hours because this dungeon took a long time um there's like two hours after the point of no return so i was like oh god oh man if I, if I can't beat this boss, I'm pretty screwed here. It's like, uh, it's like having 99.9% .9 D meter in Breath of Fire 5. Oh, I shit. Had. Oh, shit. Yeah, Breath of Fire 5 is like... Is, is like... We had a purpose and a vision and a story. Yeah, like, this all makes sense and is good. This all, this all makes sense and it's good and you may understand why everything is the way it is. Saga, Saga is like... It's just RPG divorced of context. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like WarioWare, but a little more complicated. <laughs> like it's 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 just raw primordial RPG energy. You're not playing it because you want to get to know characters. You're not playing it because you want to experience a world that makes sense and is cohesive. You're not playing it because you want to have like a clean, sensible play arc, like you went with Dragon Quest. Like it's just, it just is RPG, and they just made a bunch of it. Yeah. You can live in it for a while. <laughs> There's like seven of them in there too. There's seven routes in there. I'm very excited. I want to get at least get through at least three, probably this year. Um, just and then like that'll feel like it'll be a pretty good picture of it. Mm. Um, because again, most of it's just going to be fighting the same random encounters. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But boy, seven different final bosses. And as, and again, like, the, the robot root final boss is just one of the prettiest things I've ever seen in a game. Mm. Uh, and there's six more of these things. I'm pretty happy. Ah, I think that, alright, that's Saga. We should play Unlimited Saga on a stream. We really should. <laughs> Thanks again, Frez, for get, sending me his copy. Mm. Like a curse. I've got a copy of <laughs> Unlimited Saga and a copy of Drakengard. Oh. And it's just like, oh, good, I've been cursed. Thank Damn. you. Holly, what's the other one? Alundra 2. Alundra 2. I should just send you that copy of Alundra <laughs> yeah. 2 I have. 
get it out of that... my life forever. And I'll send you Fantasy Star Universe. Oh See, no! Those are, those are bad games. These are also bad games. But. <laughs> but. But. Alright. Mm. Y'all love, I, y'all, I love blueberries so much. Uh huh. They're so uh-huh. good. They, you're not wrong. I had some amazing blueberry pancakes. And, yeah. Oh, you're making me hungry. Oh, I'm mm. hungry. What are y'all's hungry. favorite fruits? What is my favorite what? Favorite fruits. Fruits. I like strawberries. Cantaloupe. Cool. All good. I like blueberries, too, though. I buy them a lot. Yeah, they're really, really good. Strawberries are probably... Strawberries are probably a close second. Yeah. I, I think, think grapes. I think my my favorite, my absolute favorite, are like real good peaches, like bought off the side of the road in Georgia. <laughs> just, just you know, well, no, no, nothing if you're like in Georgia. Then yeah, nothing like diving into a nice juicy peach. Yep, nothing <laughs> like all it at all. Yeah, I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. So, besides fruit, we also enjoy other media. Rhett, what else have you been up to? Hi. Well, so oh, y'all mentioned it. earlier. That I, like John, am not playing Trails in the Sky the Third. <laughs> right. So unlike him who got distracted by Saga for some reason, I've got a very good excuse why I'm not playing Trails in the Sky the Third right now. Oh? Because I'm playing the latest entry in Falcom's other series, Ease. I'm playing Ease 8, Lacrimosa of Donna. That game that is... is... I also played that before playing <laughs> Trails yes. Third. That game's pretty good. A game is pretty There's no good. Saga Frontier, but it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, what what can be Saga Frontier? Let's be honest. <laughs> Literally <Jeez>. nothing. <laughs> but yeah. Well, this Easy. game does have a lot of random battles. It's a lot of fighting. Oh yeah, yeah, tons of fighting. Yeast eight. Yeast eight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so so so, what are you liking about, about East, East Eight, Rhett? Let's break it down. What's what's East going eight. on? Uh, How's it going in East Town? So last year I played 6 and 7, and it's just weird seeing the progression. Because I know like there were two games between 6 and 7 like that I played. the uh, Is it Zero or Origin? Origins. Mm-hmm. And uh, Oath and Fergana. And then I didn't play the one between 7 and 8, Celsetta, I think. Yeah. But like, so the last three I've played have just been 6, 7, 8. And like, boy, the pacing changes. Mm-hmm. It sure does. Because 6 is just ridiculous with how fast that game moves. Yeah. Like, so the other thing about 8 that is funny to me is how, like, 8 all getting on a ship and the ship wrecking is, like, kind of a meme, basically. Like, it's an in-game joke that, of how often it happens. Yeah, it's like, it's like a wonder the dude even uses boats at this point. Yeah. So, like... I don't know how many games this happens in, but I'm pretty sure that's how Oath starts, mm-hmm. which is three, and then six it definitely starts with six. Six bleh, starts that way, and then seven doesn't, which is the curveball. But then there is another ship wreck in the middle of seven. Yeah, and in like, like and, 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 and in and in Celsetta, he he just kind of oh, really? wanders wanders into town and has amnesia. So it's kind of a similar huh. situation to one and two, where yeah. he's just like, I don't know, I'm just a red haired dude with a sword. <laughs> Jesus. But, like, specifically the shipwreck thing is funny to me because it is a trope they've used so many times. It's like, it's Samus losing her weapons between yeah, every game, basically. It's Adol's calling card. But this is Z8, and this is the first time the story is largely about 
being a shipwreck survivor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that It's is... taken them this long to get that part. That's what's so weird. It's like you guys could have done this story in like literally any of the other games, but now Ease Eight on the PlayStation Four. Oh, now we're gonna really actually deep dive into what it would actually mean to be on a boat that sinks and wash up on this island by yourself. And it's really good. Yeah. It's super good. But then, like, yeah, the pacing is just so weird compared to the previous games, especially 6. Because I think in 6, like, he shipwrecks and then immediately gets met by, like, extremely relevant to the plot girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then just immediately gets whisked off to their village. Like, it's just like, oh, in E's 8, that's, like, the first 30 hours or something. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Would be that section takes a like, while to meet yeah. uh to, to to meet important girl of the game <laughs> yeah um they they milk that for all it's worth pretty much like there's but like because you're doing the whole like building a town and rescuing other survivor stuff like it's never boring no i think chap- i think chapter two might go on a little yeah, bit that's... longer than it should but i, I almost think that's on purpose though because it gets you into this rhythm yeah and then hits you with a hammer and, and then they're setting you that. up they're setting they you set up, you up like yeah. a domino and then it all falls and you're like oh my god what because like the way there's our additional uh like obstacles to clear that you need more members for mm-hmm. you think that chapter is gonna go on a little bit longer than it does and then oh things things are happening now things take a turn yeah so like whereas the previous these games that i've played mostly have an a plot this one definitely has two plots going on at the same time where there's the whole shipwreck story and then the other one yeah. that's also very good which i'm yep rapidly approaching the conclusion of Ooh, I believe. that one's that one's got a pretty rough landing and, and i don't mean in terms of quality i mean just in terms of yeah. oh man here come the feels I, oh i know that yep. yeah I, I have a pretty good feeling of where this is all going but like it's just e7 was like seemed so much longer than six yeah, but I think this one is probably even longer, but it doesn't quite feel as long because I think it holds itself better than Seven did. Because mm-hmm. Seven did that one thing where it's like, oh, and now let's revisit every dungeon. I was like, Ehh. yeah, E yeah, Seven. I I directly <laughs> compared that game to Secret of Mana, in that I feel mm-hmm. that it has the the very same progression mm-hmm. and the kind of almost the same story, really. Oh, really. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, I like seven, but it's, I like seven. It's, a, it's fine. It's, it's fine. definitely a little more tropey and you yeah. know, chosen hero saving the world is like Falcom deals with pretty. They don't. They are not afraid of a trope. They are not yeah. afraid of tropes. It's just like they, when they, they decide they to fucking, turn those tropes is when they're magical. Yeah. They they love them ancient ruins though, and oh, ruins God, civilizations yeah. and like <laughs> mysteries of the past, and you know, it's just. When I was playing Trails, it was like, oh, okay, like now it's an easy. Now it's now it's yeah. Awkward. There's literally a point where they flip the switch that says ease on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like kind of seeing how they continue to make games in that vein, and like the fact that the series has existed since the Turbo Graphics, um, <laughs> even before, before that, that, PC eighty eight. Yeah. Okay, PC well, eighty eight, PC ninety eight. Then PC Engine oh, slash Turbo Graphics. The first East game was what, 1986? Oh my god, eighty six or eighty seven? Yeah, that's, it was super so early. Fun. Yep, like it was like Peers with Final Fantasy one. So huh. post Dragon Quest, but so they must very early. so were the Turbo Graphics games already remakes? Yes. yes. 
<laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, the original were 8-bit computer RPGs. Oh my god. So they remade them on TurboGrafx and then they did 3 on SNES and we don't talk about that one. Well, 3 is still on the TurboGrafx and it's on the Genesis. Wait. And it's on the Genesis. They all Wait, are, and they're all and 3 was originally a PC-88 game too. Yes. But are they all this the weird side scroller thing? Yes. yes, they're all weird side scrollers. Oh, okay. I think that was post Zelda two as well, mm. so they might have been taking inspiration. Well, then again, that's like, a bad game to take inspiration from. No, it's not. Zelda two kicks ass. Um, but also, Zelda two is borrowing from a bunch of side scrolling PC RPGs, which were the games that Falcom was making. Like with, huh. like even Dragon Slayer two was that. So oh jeez, which Everybody Dragon Slayer just... predates Dragon Quest. So interesting. Oh boy, I know. So like that's what's funny is like you talk about this chronology dealing back to like late 80s and here it is Yee's 8 like the 8th one ignoring all the remakes mm-hmm. like like they go through the the real big numbered ones are so few and far between because like 6 was a PS2 game and then 7 was PSP mm-hmm. so it's so it's so it's so weird that the next one is just 9 like yeah they're actually kind of like we're just immediately this, yeah they're yeah. immediately actually having a sequ- a direct sequel yeah. that is on yeah you know, the, the same hardware. The same hardware for one. Yep. Yeah. Which is like wild. And East yeah. 9's looking fucking bonkers. It definitely looks like 8, though. Like, Yeah, that, well, that's Falcom iteration at work. Mm-hmm. Like, they mm-hmm. do something yeah. right, and then they just continue iterating upon it. And the ways in which they're iterating upon it look fucking nuts. Yeah. It's just interesting how, like, 6, like, there were 6, and then there were Othan origins which kind of iterated on then seven had cell set which iterated on it i presume i haven't played that one and then and eight, you said it was kind eight of boring. really iterates on those ideas yeah. that were put forth by seven but because Celsetta. because because it's jumping from psp to ps4 like it's a, i should say this game is a huge visual upgrade it's gorgeous it's like puts yep. to shame a lot of other rpgs like and it's funny that yeah. that's one of the main complaints i hear from people who especially review mainstream games is that yeah. oh this game looks like a good this game looks like a good looking ps2 game well <laughs> you should have seen what they did on the actual ps2 yeah oh boy and especially coming straight off of trails which yeah. were you know ps1 looking psp yeah. games yeah like, like all of those games were on the same engine it was extra gorgeous yeah. especially at the very start i think the visuals do kind of there's, I feel like there's more kind of lighting effects at the very, very start of the game to mm. kind of wow you <laughs> off the bat, and then it kind of settles into, like, yeah, it's it's a lot of island and beaches and stuff. Like, it does start to look a little samey. But I still think that, the, that they're done really well, and I don't feel yeah. that any of the map designs ever feel like they're repeating the ideas. Like, I feel that every unique area of that game has its own unique bit of charm yeah. or a unique uh gimmick to keep it being to, to, to keep you engaged mm-hmm. yeah it's very it's very cohe- cohesive i think mm-hmm. whereas e7 like the areas were so diverse where it's like you have the mountain in the desert and like the jungle like they didn't really feel like they'd naturally be next to each other yeah whereas this is one island and it all feels com- like a hundred percent natural yeah. that yeah. oh there's a jungle here and there's a swamp next to it. Like they're different, but you know, you can see everything from everywhere and you, yeah, that yeah, part is so awesome. Cool. And there's that huge tree on the South side of the Island. Yes. That they just kind of never talk about. And then I finally got there. And it's just like, <laughs> Oh, I, I was like, Oh, I forgot about it. Cause you guys started talking about the other big tree for mm-hmm. the whole game. Mm-hmm. I forgot about this one over here. 
yeah, the fact that you can see and even kind of make out some of the map design in other areas, especially when you're at the top of the mountain and looking down, yeah. like that's awesome. Yeah, the coolest moment in this game is kind of when you get to the top of the mountain and you finally see over it to what's on the north side of the island. You're that's like, oh, such a moment. That is such, such a, a cool moment. Because, yeah, the, the map is designed so that, like, there's this mountain that just completely seals off the north and the south. And, like, so the mystery for, like, first quarter of the game is what the hell is waiting for us on the north side of the island and then you find out and, and it's, it's really good it's yeah it, they do such a good job with that, that with, with that reveal yeah so yeah i like it i like how they've iterated on kind of the damage types that mm-hmm. they introduced in seven because mm-hmm. seven had the same series of like oh this is weak to slashing this is weak weak to big hammers and you know but I feel like in seven you were punished way more for using oh, the wrong yeah. type. Yeah, yeah. The damage was like you're literally doing ninety. You, your damage is reduced by like ninety plus percent on yeah, the, yeah, in E seven. So I think in E eight they don't have as many. It's not as harsh. It's not as harsh, and there's not as many enemies where you have to use a certain damage type on them. Mm. So mm-hmm. like when it comes up, I'm like, oh, I'll switch to you know Laksha because then she can do the aerial stabs against birds because mm-hmm. that's what she's good for. <laughs> yeah, that's I really, mostly what I used her yeah. for. Yeah, but she gets a permanent spot in my party because I don't want to deal with flying enemies with anybody else. If you t- also, if I, think you she feels, I think she feels really good to play. And if, yeah. you t- and if you time that attack really well, you can use it to get places you maybe shouldn't I, be able to. Ooh. I definitely found a lot of spots where it's like, oh, if I, you know jump attack and then do one of the mm-hmm. specials you kind of clip It'll up a hill and you up. Up. yeah yeah that's it's like it's not like se- i mean maybe there's sequence breaking you can do with it oh I don't there's know, but... definite sequence breaking. oh really it's, it's definitely okay. part of, it's definitely part of the speed run route of using waxia to carry you forward oh that's even that's more cool. <laughs> so with another character whose entire arsenal is just fucking dancing basically yeah I've noticed that as I get later to the game, though, the movement, like, the movement starts really good, and then it gets great when it's, like, you get those upgrades to how fast you run, and mm-hmm. you get the double jump. So it's just, like, I can look at a huge area now and be like, okay, run, 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 double jump, and then just start rolling in the air and just, like, clear the entire It feels thing. really good! You just, you get so, it's it's turbo mode without turbo mode, where yeah. I'm just like, yep. oh, zoom, zoom. <laughs> I'm just zoom, fucking zoom, zoom, flying zoom. over this map. <laughs> There's uh, what's the, there's that air that the dungeon that's not in the Vita version we think, mm-hmm. like one of the big opening rooms of that is just like this huge like kind of cliff. Oh, and you, you can, can just, easily carry. You can just across. jump over the whole thing. You can just carry yourself across with a few attacks and a few specials, yeah. and you're in there, and it feels so good, and it's so it good. looks so good in action too. Yeah. I love that you can just dodge roll multiple times in the air. Yeah. Like, pretty much everything in the air in this game is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, Rikoda has this one move where she just spins around for a while and then falls over. <laughs> you can do that in the air. Yep. She'll do a spin in the air, kind of fall over, then spin back up while staying <laughs> in the air. It's real stupid. It looks so stupid, but it's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so i haven't finished it yet though i feel like i'm getting down to it you're getting close yeah um 
you think that you're going to finish by the time Super Dimension or, or Super oh, Neptune RPG I'm losing hope out. on that because we're spending three hours doing a podcast, yeah. but... I'm not <laughs> sure you're going to get there, but I think you'll be close. Yeah. But I'm basically at the point where I'm like, oh, man. Oh, man, this game's going to make me cry a lot at the end, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Just because it's, 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 it's going hard. The game's story goes pretty hard uh, at the yeah. end, and I think that they, they, they earn the big moments that are coming. Yeah, they've set up so much that I'm really excited to see play off. Or I think know. there's, um, I think there's like a true end gate, but it's just it was seamless for me. I think if you do yeah. like, you're doing all the quests basically, right? Yeah, Polly warned me about that yeah. early on. I have. Then you're like, good. I think somebody said it's like you need 200 reputation. Yeah, you need 200 reputation, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm at like 160 now, but I've heard you get a bunch at the very end. Yeah, because okay. like the max is like 300 something. So if you do everything, eventually. Like, you shoot past the requirement. So, that game's pretty good. Yeah. Cool. It's, 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 yeah. That game's... <laughs> Falcom... What can't Falcom do at this point? <laughs> really? Like, I think that, like, yeah. We're kind of branded at this fucking point. Yeah. I mean, they just do characters that are good, and they have good game... They make games that feel good to play. Yeah, the game feel in this one, like, Trails is very obviously very different because it's a turn-based it's a turn-based RPG. RPG. Yeah. yeah, but like so, this one feeling so good to play is so like oh yeah, like because certain character uh, that so Donna's real fun to play as. Yeah, you, you play as Donna, of course. Yeah, and and she is amazing. And I keep thinking of like. Oh, this is like her super overpowered move, and then she gets another one, and it's even better. I'm like, huh. what the hell? Huh. Like. I got the one where she just jumps up in the air and fires like ice beams down as like a regular oh, move. Oh yes. Oh and I'm like, yes. Oh, this is like it's called Ice Age, I think. And I'm yeah. like, oh, this one is so good. And then I got like one where she just fires a huge water projectile in front of her, and I'm like, oh, this one seems even better. What the hell? <laughs> she so only gets the... better, like yeah. with the game. She just so I didn't better. understand like, oh, she's o- OP, and I'm like, ah, eh, she's not that OP. Like I can do more with the other character i can do about the same damage with the other characters now it's like oh oh she's really starting to pull ahead huh (laughs) (laughs) so i'm having to give her the thing that like makes you level up skills way faster Mm. oh yeah because the the default is real slow and she keeps learning new new ones Mm -hmm. so it's like oh this stuff is amazing at level one yeah what's yeah i don't think i ever grinded skill level i don't think i ever grinded skill levels on her just because she was so fucking good to begin with (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I just equip. I just have what... those accessories equipped for most of the game because if you have those equipped, then they level up all their skills real quick. It seems pretty dramatic. But it's like, I think you get like one exp for killing an enemy with it yeah. or something. So yeah. like, even the first one that's, the, so the first one plus one would double it. Yeah. So like the one that I have now that's plus four, it's like, oh, you're making this five times faster. Like that's yep. unreasonable. There's that one move she has where it's just like will drain spirit bar while it's active. Yep. So I just stood there and activated, deactivated that like 10 times and it leveled up and I'm like, okay, this is, this is I don't know what that silly. actually does on that move. But mm-hmm. It's like, oh, stuff is going to go fast now if I have her on the 5X one, but I want to yeah. see what those magic spells do at max level. Because yeah. you... A dance one shoots projectiles at level three. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It is... It's amazing they've made the combat, like, stay interesting for as long as the game is. Because it is still relatively simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of core. Like, 
and yeah, parries kind of break the game, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You and I can parry, so that just kind of simplifies a lot of things, I think. Yeah. There was one boss, though. So Rikota has that move where she spins around for a while and then falls over. Mm -hmm. That does stupid amounts of stun damage. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, I gave her an accessory that's, like, pl- random plus random amounts of stun. Oh, God. <laughs> so, like, there was one boss where she could just do two spins and it would stun the boss. That's and so, crazy. So we would just attack him for a while and then I would do two more spins and he would be stunned again. I'm like, uh, I broke this one, huh? Yeah, I don't think I broke any bosses that bad, but I didn't use Rakota as much as you seem to be using Rakota. I use her, like, the most. She's, she's real good. Favorite. She's real good. She's, She's re- she's not even that she's good. She's real fun. Yeah, yeah. Like all her moves are just so goofy. Like There's... just slamming shit down, and like the aerial dive is real fun, and the spin is real dive. The throwing bones is real good. She just throws a big ass dinosaur bone. Yeah. Why not? Why not? And it does a ton of damage. Yeah, it's stupid. So she is just so fun to play as. Where I'll default to her most of the time. And then obviously you pull out other characters for certain things. Yeah, yeah. Like, I but think like, every character is fun and unique to play as to, to in some way. Yeah, yeah. I I honestly kind of never gave uh, Hummel. Is that his name? Humel. 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 I don't know. Hummel. They don't say his name enough because they, they don't really, really do say much. his name a lot. No. His relevance to the plot is so wild. He's got pickles. <laughs> <laughs> he's still fun though he's purple we like him because he's purple oh okay he's got a lot of purple yep yeah well my Luxia is also purple your, your so. Luxia is also purple she's very good and she has glasses now she's, so she has like, fancy glasses now fancy glasses so she's hey, like right, did you pick up did you pick up on the, th- on the topic of conversation she would bring up that made me laugh a lot no, honestly. Ah, honestly. Okay. Is it a spoiler? <laughs> no, I guess it was. You probably know. I just when she compares okay. when she compares adult to someone, she does it a lot. She does it a lot. It's really funny. oh yeah. She might have a bit of a complex. Might have. Uh, I, to me, that was like another the one... character even specifically called that out. I think her butt. Their butler, Her butler, did. yeah, yeah. Though I, it was just like they'd had this very on the nose conversation about it, and then the butler was like, you know, but then he's also like, hmm, you seem like husband and wife, and I'm like, wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> which metaphor are we going for here? <laughs> <laughs> so that that was like the one story thing where that was like, okay, y'all are hammering this home pretty hard. I appreciate it's it, but really, yeah, they really lean into it. <laughs> I think they kind of let off it a bit. That's why I didn't immediately get too worn out. Like it's, mm. it's a lot of it is up front loaded during like chapter two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's kind of her main development arc, and then she stops being so uptight. Yeah, yep. yeah. Like like Trails of Cold Steel kind of has like a similar start um, with two characters like that. So yeah, they they, they like that two characters Archetype. that are a bit at odds with one another or one character has a problem with another character, but the other character is just like, why are you, so, why are you so mad? So I never had a problem with her and like half the dial. So the Adol doesn't talk, but he totally but talks he in this totally one. does. But like you get to choose dialogue options and then he'll kind of say one word of it. Like, yeah. Mm, okay. So like, 
So it gives you two options, and one of them towards the start of the game was always super rude to her, and the other <laughs> one was the other one was cordial. And I'm just like always picking the cordial one because I'm like I don't have a problem with her. Yeah, there there are a couple points where I was like, oh, I'm not picking the doormat response here. Yeah. <laughs> but they they want you to be rude to her so bad. They really do. <laughs> So I'll probably be wrapping up that one. I'll yeah. definitely wrap up that one by the next podcast. Oh, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. And then I can talk about Neptune. I might wrap up. I might wrap up Trails Third by then too. Yeah. You, yeah. You're both yeah, getting yeah, close you to the end of might. big Falcom bangers. I'm pretty far. I'm pretty far along, Red. Yeah. Okay. So what better time to stop during the climax than to play a fucking saga game? I know, right? I just don't understand. John Fire continues to come me. I was just very excited when Romancy Saga 3 came, got announced. Yeah, like happy. when I saw that announced, I was just like, well, I think I know what's happening. <sighs> mm-hmm. And also, and, and also I, I literally played it for eight hours and I finished it. So and oh. like now I, I played like five hours of Trails 3rd last night. So okay, okay. I'm back in it. God, yeah, fucking John is to the them. real meat and potatoes of, uh, of Trails 3rd now. I don't think that there's much that's going to get in the way yeah. of stopping him. It's all right. It's literally just this, you know, he's, like he's like a nice nail song. Nothing will stop him now. Yeah, just like a Trent Reznor. <laughs> exactly. You know, like '90s RPGs, like Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI, Final Fantasy VII specifically, where they just have characters. You get in their head, and they have these little arcs, and then you feel good feelings for them. Like you understand Barrett and Locke and Frog and whatnot. <laughs> really well mm-hmm. and there's um, not actually a lot of rpgs that get nailed that down as effectively and falcom just does it they with trails in the sky with ease eight they just do that and it's really good oh. yeah what are you talking about Rhett? no i just agree i thought you were going somewhere a little more complicated than that it's like oh they they do the thing that should be easy but it apparently isn't but it's apparently not because no one else does it yeah De- definitely <laughs> not the, definitely not the dragon quest team oh <laughs> yeah so that and then trails and yeah trails in the sky is that and then ease eight is that so i mean trails they, in the sky felt like that magnified like yeah. to a hundred yeah we're like okay we completely know what we're doing we are not lucky into any of this yeah. we are completely on point here god i fucking love falcom they're they're real good yeah, they make the best video games. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> they, make the, they make the kind of video games where you play it and it's just like, you play it and it's fantastic and then for a while your opinion of other games is colored a bit by that experience. Oh, it's just like, oh no, I can't enjoy oh, no. this. Oh, Dragon Quest. Oh no. Oh, poor <laughs> Dragon Quest. To, to be fair. I don't seem to like Saga. To be fair. Unless you play Saga Frontier. Every PS1 RPG is just bad Trails in the Sky Except for Saga Frontier, because it's so just different. it's just Saga Frontier. Yeah, Saga Frontier is like it's like a Winamp has its own classification for Primus music under genre, just because it, and the genre is Primus. Very similar <laughs> to how we don't call Saga Frontier a JRPG, we just call it Saga Frontier. It is a Saga Frontier. Like I played Xenogears and then played Trails in the Sky. I was like, oh, I want to play. Think about Final Fantasy VIII and think about whatnot. I'm like, oh, Trails in the Sky is so good. When I play Saga Frontier, I'm not thinking, oh, boy, it's Trails in the Sky would be doing this so much better. Yeah, you just, you're not even in that same mental loop. Yes. 
So the, those are the only two RPGs, are Saga and Trails. You, you play those, and then you're satisfied. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, Polly. Yo. What else do you got? What else do I got? Uh, so I played this about a month ago, but given the way that we've kind of had to structure podcasts uh, lately, I can finally get around to talking about it. I played Valhalla. I played, oh, I played this in one fucking sitting. This is like an eight-hour <laughs> game, and I played it in one fucking sitting. Which honestly surprised the hell out of me. I did not see that happening. Uh, so, uh, are, are either of you too familiar with Valhalla or what it is? Do I let's have to, like, go... Do I need to go like over Rhett's the basics Mike. here? It sounds like Rhett's mic just died. So Uh-oh. let's take a moment technical difficulties. Okay. We'll take a Hello? moment. Hey. There you are. Hi, okay, Rhett. I, re- I plugged it back in. Sorry. There's our Rhett. There's our Rhett. So, 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 I de- so do I need to do a complete deep dive on Valhalla, of, of what Valhalla is... Or, or, or do we have kind of a basic idea? Because it's a game that's come up a bit on Game of the Year lists over the past couple mm. of years. Uh, so I, I probably don't need to do too deep a dive, but, you know, just to kind of... Yeah, I know just, the tagline is like Cyber Bartender. Yeah, Cyber Bartending Action. Um, nice. A downloadable waifu abuse for Windows, Mac OS, and Linux <laughs> is the itch tagline there. That's Jesus. a really weird tagline that I'm not sure I agree with. Okay, sure. cool. Weird. <clears throat> I don't know. I think they're trying to draw some eyes with that tagline. That's, that's, that in no way is what I picked up with on the, okay, gotcha. uh, uh, for the, from uh, this game. So Valhalla, Sorry. it's stylized VA-11HA774, I think, something like that. It's spelled mm-hmm. really weird. So if you just try to look for Valhalla, you're not going to find it. So just do va one uh, okay. And that's how you'll find it. But it is, it's a cyberpunk game. It's a combination of like a visual novel slash bartender game. The, the bartending stuff is kind of more... It's sort of their way of gamifying it to make it not just be a visual novel, really. Because you mix drinks, and that's how you get people to talk to you. And you get, uh, you get money to help pay off uh, your main character's expenses. Like, she's got a monthly porn bill. She's got a fork over my that, that's real by the way she has a porn <laughs> bill um and if you fail to c- c- complete any of these tasks over the games i guess it's like three weeks of time i think it's something like that but she's got like three different bills she has to pay over the course uh, mm-hmm. and, and that all comes from your bartending and the way they kind of gamify that is um the, the the bartending stuff is you mix drinks according to what people ask for and then you go to a screen to mix the drink and she will kind of repeat to herself like what they said to give you the hint of what to mix. And if you don't spend money to also keep her from getting bored, meaning you have to kind of like buy little doodads and stuff for her apartment, like when you go to mix the drink, like that will be kind of jumbled up and she won't remember. <laughs> so it kind of like, you know, you kind of get really funny responses from mixing patrons the wrong drinks anyway. But obviously you want to mix the right drinks because that's kind of where the bulk of the story is is in getting to meet all of the patrons. Mm. Um, And you kind of have to suspend disbelief because I've really never met a bartender that wants to talk to people on the level of uh, that these characters are having conversations and getting involved in one another's lives at. Uh, I've been to quite a few bars in my time and have never really kind of seen that happen. So you kind of have to suspend disbelief and kind of just like... Okay, a lot of these characters are just really familiar with one another, 
and we're kind of getting a peek in now. We know that the main character, Jill, she's kind of like at a transition point in her life where it's just like not really going anywhere. So this is just kind of like, it's not a dead end job, but at the same time could probably be doing a little more with her life if she wanted to. Um, and you, you kind of like get her to that point while also kind of finding out about her, which is what keeps you going forward is that the more you talk and interact with patrons and get them to open up, obviously it's just like, well, I'm not going to sit here and just keep telling you my life story. Tell me a bit about yourself. And she kind of reluctantly has to open up more and more over the course of the game. And it's, and it's a really nice progression. And the story that they're telling is uh, like, I, I wasn't sure I was on board with it at first. Uh, and, and then, like, they have a moment that kind of happens smack dab in the middle, and it's just like, oh, shit, that's a big bomb drop of a past problem that you have that probably needs addressing, and boy, oh boy, little Miss Girly Girl Bartender, you are really screwed up and probably need to confront some things. Um, and it really dives into that. It does a lot. It dives very deep into the characters that you get involved with. Uh, the character writing is just consistently quotable and funny. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's oh the main thing I, I take away on Twitter. The script for this game is endlessly fucking entertaining. Just, like, whether it's trying to be gripping and pull you in with the more serious stuff or just crazy, off-the-wall shits happening, there's just, like... Like, like I know I posted a shit ton of, of, of screenshots while I was... Uh, playing through it on steam but i've got like 400 or so screenshots just of <laughs> like it's like when you're playing through a neptunia game and there's just lines that jump out at you constantly that you have to screenshot because they're funny um this game has a lot of that it just uh it's just consistently good and it tackles a lot of queer relationships and issues as well and it handles those very well um i was i i, I was I, I can't say that i was shocked because the people behind it kind of seemed to be in the right place when it comes to kind of dealing with those kinds of issues. Mm -hmm. uh, so nothing ever feels like trampled on or, or, or exploitable or anything like that. Um, there's a lot of, I guess, contention with uh, the, the elephant in the room character would obviously be Dorothy. Who ah, is, I've heard of this one. Yeah, she is. <laughs> uh, she is a robot. She is of, uh, she, she looks like uh, a younger girl, uh, 12 or 13-ish, and she's a robot, and she's a sex worker, and she takes pride in her work, and she's very proud of the job she does, and she's very upfront. It's just like, hey, this model of work gets me a lot of work. <laughs> so <laughs> she's, like, she's very upfront, but nothing in the game ever sexualizes that. Um, which is, like, why I think it's just, like, okay, yeah, like, you're just serving a fetish, and, like, you're totally 100% okay with that, and there's more to your character than that, which is kind mm -hmm. of why that character works, is because the character isn't just a one-note sex joke. Um, even though she's full of them, and some of the lines she fires off are just, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, the, a, few of the t a few of the lines she fired off even made me blush. Like, Jesus Christ. Wow. <laughs> like, I wouldn't even say that. Jesus. Um, yeah, there's a lot of point of contention in that character, and people kind of, like, you know, especially with being a sex worker, 
and uh, you know, obviously looking the age she does, but also being a robot, it's kind of like you know, <laughs> it's obviously trying to tackle a real big thing here, yeah. and maybe the game doesn't necessarily 100% nail it in the way that it should and some might even argue that it's not really something that needed to be there but I would say that it like I think they handled it well enough they never exploit this character sexually in any way uh, you have a meaningful friendship with this character that like you're constantly talking about very real shit so like I, I didn't find a problem with the character um I guess I might understand why some people do, but I would have to ask if they are interpreting that character properly. Mm -hmm. um, because I, I do think that they're trying to play with fire with that, with this character, obviously, uh, you know, they wanted to make a character that would obviously be controversial, but at the same time, there's more to this character than just that. And I think mm -hmm. that that's why Dorothy works. It sounds like there's nuance, basically. Um, there's a lot of nuance. Like, it, it, it's just why, I like, the, under normal circumstances and under people who don't know how to handle these kinds of issues, trying to write that kind of character wouldn't trust them at all. But mm. I, I had zero issue with anything uh, concerning Dorothy's portrayal in the game. I mean, it's like, if anything, she's just really sweet. Uh, and. She's just a sweet girl, and her mind is on Wait, her that business. that makes it worse. <laughs> it, it might make it worse. She's just a sweet girl whose mind is on her business, and, like, she is the one that commands her own life and, like, mm -hmm. what she does and nobody else. And it's just like, hey, you know, do your thing. Like, I, I don't really see much of an issue from it personally, though I guess I can see why others might. So This sounds like good cyberpunk this is really good cyberpunk oh this is John, boom are you implying there are video games that are bad cyberpunk uh-oh <laughs> might be taking some shots over the bow here <laughs> but yeah it's it's really good cyberpunk and it's there were a few things that really made pardon that sounds ghost in the shelly a little bit yeah it's it, it's got that kind of same vibe to it Mm. Um, and the way they explore all of the cyberpunk elements as well it's just like it's all handled very well and people that are familiar with the genre and it's not like just trying to be a bad take on all of that it's just it's it's just like it's it's what you would expect from something that's like oh it's it's a bartending game it's just very warm it's very human but it's also got these cyberpunk uh, underpinnings that kind of give it a very cool, polished, slick shine to it. Uh, uh, the soundtrack so is good. the soundtrack is so effing good. Uh, man, so good. What's what's with visual novels and having real fucking good soundtracks? But it's uh, pretty it's got, important, though. It's, it's like got some real funny. Yeah, it's, important. it's got some yeah. real funny shit in it, though. That was put in over the course of development. That it's just like they were. Like, there's a lot of advertising space in this game for that one game that came uh, out called Y2K. <laughs> oh, I thought that's what you're gonna say. Yeah, there's a lot of real bad ads about how it's like this big game of the future that it's in its 45th remake. Everybody loves it so much. It's just like, ouch! So it's, uh... That's a bad fucking look. So it's not even just one reference; it's multiple <laughs> times. Uh of it oh my where did god that come, where did that come in were they were was the team up there i think that uh the company that put out valhalla is also put that game out 
So I think they were under the same distributor, and I think it's just you know as indies do, yeah, mingle with one another. And Weird. yeah, oh, so, yeah, and we'll then that's also lot. the game they got a Toby Fox track on it. Yeah, uh, that's how. Yeah, I first saw it, and it's like, oh, this looks neat. And then you read anything about it, and like, oh no, no, that game's yeah. real bad. So real like, bad. I think by association, Valhalla has aged a little worse. Yeah, because that's, it's before you knew what that thing was, it was fine, but now yeah. it's like kind of cringy i just kind of laughed every time it came up as every time so there was just, funny yeah it was just, it was just real silly given how bad and awful that thing came out and it was like yeah okay it can just be seen as a bit of a piss take when hindsight yeah. is 2020 it's the same publisher different developer yeah so, oh definitely yeah. different developer different, for sure. I, I mean obviously but yeah same ease bride ease bride games so valhalla came out in 2016 yeah i mean i got to it three years late I, no, it's just like this game has had a life. Yeah, and uh, Nirvana is uh, probably coming out next year, which is a sequel. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. So. It it sounds like they made okay. It sounds like there was a jam version in 2014. Yes, I, I played think, that I feel, too. I felt like I'd heard about this game. We since, uh, like, for me, five years. Me and Andrea Ritsu previewed mm. uh, that game jam version back in 2014. God, we, we okay. did that on video. That's, we did that on video. Good. That was a long time ago. That's why that's why I've heard about this game. That, it's it feels like this game has been around forever. Yeah, like and Valhalla is so big. It's getting it. a crossover event in uh, the Mabage Girls front line. What? So, yeah. What? Yeah. Well, now I, I have to check it out, dude. Valhalla is really good. Like this is straight up one of the best games I've played this year. It kept me like like I said like I was I started this thing and I didn't stop playing. I just kept going, and this thing is not short. It's pretty long, so so. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this game also has a character named Donna who is amazing. Well, she's... it comes with the name. Yeah, it just comes with it. She's so good. She's probably my favorite character in the game. But even though she's not, even though I like I like Jill a whole lot because Jill's very, very uh, relatable. But uh, Donna is an incredible character. <laughs> I agree. Which one were we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. But that uh, Valhalla is fantastic. Like we, it's been on a lot of game of the year lists over the years. Mm. That uh, over the years <laughs> that were that were sent into us, like for the for our end of the year stuff. And I knew it was probably you know good just on those recommendations. Uh, so yeah, having the final, having finally sat down with it and enjoyed it front to back, just in one sitting. Yeah, it left a huge impression. Uh, and I think that it's got a fantastic ending. Uh, like the, that story goes awesome. where I think it needs to go for that character and the other characters that are more central to her story. Um, like everybody kind of gets uh, going in the direction they need to go. And it's a really sweet uh, wrap up to uh, some really heavy shit that they make you go through to get there. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, like Valhalla is fantastic. I fucking love it. Do you know if you can fail the game? If you you can fail the game, yeah. If you oh, if you, if you okay. fail if you fail to you have to really fucking try though. I think because at uh -huh. no point did I ever feel that like I was ever in danger of not having a money having the money to uh, hit the next bill. I never got the bad ending. Okay. So atelier style timer pressure. <laughs> like I was, oh. I was thinking more like Reketeer. That's a game where you have to pay off to bills. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, but you get like a shit ton of money every shift you do in the bar. Okay. So like I never had a problem. Like I, I was able to always like buy a distraction item and always able to pay my stuff on time. So I I never had a problem. And I didn't use a guide either. So 
Cool. Cool. That's Valhalla. Awesome. It, who's up next? Um, I'm uh, I'm honestly good. Like so, I, like I spent like five or six days, like mostly just working on a little thing in Game Maker that mm-hmm. was really fun to work on. So I I haven't mediated that much. Making um, games is pretty fun. It turns out it's very fun. It's it's also very fun when you don't go into it with, like a bunch of expectations and like that's I need happened. to make this. That's what happened to me. That's what happened to me a couple months ago when I started working on what has basically become sort of the foundation for probably the next big game that I'm working on. So, Mm -hmm. like, I just kind of sat down. I want to do this one thing. So then I did a thing, and like I made a bullet hell shmup, and then I figured out how bullet generation works and how bullet patterns can be generated, and then I did a thing with that, and then I did a quick. Uh, I did a quick rip off of uh, Zalixer just to see if I could. <laughs> I think I we've all made Zalixer in Game Maker now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and, and so I did that, and then that evolved into something entirely different, which involved a lot more stuff. And now that a lot more stuff, like I'm all kind of like compounding it all into one mm. bigger idea, which I've demoed sort of on my Twitter and uh, in Discord a bit, but I'm not really doing anything or announcing anything publicly for it yet until it's more of a concrete game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like the thing that I've been putting a lot of work into is probably like next big game project that I'll be uh, releasing hopefully sometime sometime. Awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm work. just I just I'm working on a little shmop and I've got most of three stages together. It's just getting the bosses down and then I'm going to probably put it out. Like I'm going to try to not overthink it too much, yeah. I think. <laughs> Yeah. Whereas my project is going to require a lot of thinking, probably. Yep. That that you get you get a good balance there. I think it's nice. I did a lot of not thinking with Poly Dungeon. I think so, <laughs> and, and probably way too much thinking with Afterward. Um, oh god, we did a lot of thinking with. Afterward. We did a year and a half of thinking with Afterward. So yeah, yeah, I need to. I the last two big things were Afterward and Facets for me. So I I need something different. <laughs> yeah, you've yeah. earned your brainless video game uh, creation. You know what's fun is that I kept playing Soccer Frontier and thinking, you know what would be a fun jam is everybody sits down in front of RPG Maker, no outline, no idea. Mm-hmm. That's RTP only. Mm-hmm. Just make maps, make some battles maybe if you want ma- if you want battles, mm-hmm. and then just make a bunch of stuff and then link it together like with very little thought or structure. <laughs> Just this big, ugly, kind of game-jammy game where everybody made a thing and we just all kind of hook it together. No, I didn't even mean, I didn't mean, um, as in, like, everyone linking their own, their games to each other's games. Just, like, making a bunch of garbage on the screen and then not really worrying so much about it being, like, a big epic thing. Right, 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 right. I think that would make a lot, I think that would be very fun. That, That could definitely turn out pretty good. Everyone yeah, just I had the same idea of Polly as of everyone linking the maps together. To yeah, I think that huge. that would be a really that, funny thing to do. <laughs> I just need to figure out if we can do that. If you can transfer, yeah, you can copy. transfer map data. All you got to okay. do is just find the like the map. The maps are stored as individual files in the uh, RP in your game. Yeah, folder. I wondered if you could just grab them. That'd be really yeah, nice. Yeah, you can just pull them in if they use uh, if, as long <laughs> as you have the same tile sets and everything. You're good. Maybe I can just. I have two unfinished projects I'm never going to do anything with. So maybe I can just rip i i just want to have like 10 big sprawling maps and then make my own little nonsense saga thing at some point that sounds really nice there you go so that's another that's another idea for just something low pressure and and use use a battle system that's not rpg maker 2003 
Yeah, I'm probably... But it, the unfinished maps are all in VX Ace. So. Yay! So it's turn-based! Yay! <laughs> so, so that, video that's, games are good. Yeah, video games are good. Uh, that's basically all I've got. What about... Rhett. Rhett? I'll, I'll ask. So, okay, so Rhett. I, I, apologies, John. Apologies. All right, thank you. You gotta Rhett. understand, it's force of habit for me. Yeah. I understood. Don't worry. We can iron that out over time as I as I lead all the subsequent podcasts. Exactly. <laughs> Rhett. I mean, so that's it for me. Because... E8 is pretty much, but do you guys want to talk anything about E3? I was thinking we sure. should definitely touch on some things that uh, yeah. went down at E3. I'm just gonna say the one that kind of. Can blew, I just say? Can I my do my start? Fucking mind, but go ahead. So these are games that were on stage or franchises that were on stage at E3 this year. Saga, <laughs> Mana, Yep, Fantasy Star, <laughs> Panzer Dragoon. <laughs> And for Poly Contra. They announced a fucking Contra game at E3. How fucking weird is that? They did a fucking <laughs> teaser in 2011 at the end of Konami's fucking... Uh, uh, at, at the end of the video that yeah. they did. They had a, And they flew in a Contra logo and they use the same goddamn fonts and transition in uh, the uh, reveal for Contra Rogue Corps. I have to imagine whatever that project was. That's died. dead. That's not it. No. Yeah. Because what what we have now is like I understand that the new Contra game is not a traditional Contra game in any way. Yeah. Uh, it is very much a top down shooter. Like I've seen people play it when you shoot enemies, hit point numbers fly out of them. Um, I know ah. that there is like um, the directors talked about like you build your weapon arsenal over the course of the campaign, and by the time you get to the end, it's just fucking fireworks. <laughs> so, it, and the director seems very into this project, and the reason that I'm trusting it for now, I'm not gonna say that mm. I, I'm not gonna say like, I'm not excited to it on the level that I was say at Contra Four, yeah, when, when that was announced and shown. But I'm going into this optimistic because I know that the talent is there that can make this work. I'm just mm -hmm. hoping they do. And I'm just yeah. super stoked that, like, oh, wow, the fucking name Contra came up at E3. <laughs> That's so cool. Rhett, were you, where else were you excited about? Uh, you said Panzer I Dragoon. Mean, that's that's right. well. shit yeah, at I, that fucking Panzer Dragoon like, announcement. Panzer Dragoon. Just fuck. And again, like, it's getting shit on in the same way that the Contra yeah, reveal man. is getting shit on. Which, oh, it, it that graphics, it looks like bad. It, for me, that Nintendo press conference was just like, forget about if the games are actually going to be good or not, and just let people be excited and happy exactly. about dumb shit. Like, because so Microsoft fucking announced Fantasy Star Online 2 is finally coming to the West <laughs> next year, by the way. Next year. Next spring. It's going so to have we'll all have been... of the... It's going to be basically, on, uh, from my understanding, it's going to be updated along with where the Japanese version is. So I have to think that they are probably either buying or soliciting the English translation that's already been floating around for years. I mean, that makes me think the the Japanese version is winding down because by spring too. next year, they'll probably be done episode six. So I yeah. wonder how many more updates there will be to even translate. But just the fact that that by spring 2020, it'll be have been like eight years almost because that was uh, yep. July 2020. 2012 yep. when it came out 
Like, whew, that so but people had that moment where they're watching the Microsoft press conference and they bring Sega on stage and they start playing the fucking intro music to that game. Yeah, and, I was just like and lose their mind. What? So for me that moment though was watching the Nintendo press conference and all of a sudden they start playing the title the screen Panzer music Dragoon. to Panzer Dragoon and yeah. I'm like <laughs> It was just like, like no way. people freaking out over Shenmue, for, but that was me for Panzer Dragoon. Yeah, yeah. Like, the trailer didn't matter. It was just the promise of, hey, because apparently this actually, I saw a news story a while ago, like, oh, some company's doing remakes of the first two Panzer Dragoon games. And I was just kind of like, yeah, sure. Yeah, you, you kind of see that kind of news. And unless something's announced, like the like when Dot Emu announced Streets of Rage 4, that's concrete, yeah. but like when you hear these rumors and shit, it's just like, nah. Yeah, maybe. this is like a two-word text blog or something. I'm yeah. like, yeah, okay. But now, but now it's like, oh, they're doing the second game too, apparently. Yes. So hopefully this one's good because the second game's way better. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, true. Yeah. And then maybe if they sell well, they'll think about doing the third one. And Man, of course not, because it's an RPG. Sega Saga. did. Sega did an incredible Afterburner game on the 360. That, ne- that just basically fucking died. Like, nobody oh. fucking played it. But it's incredible, oh. and its sense of speed is ridiculous. And I'm wondering if maybe the same team that did... Um, I don't even know if this is internal Sega, though. Yeah, like, like I don't know. Like, I, don't like, I know that is. Contra is. Contra is internal, thankfully. It, yeah, for Konami. But mm. who is even left at Konami? Just, just him. Yeah. You said something about earlier about, like, the guy who's kind of been managing Contra since Contra 3. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, that's a nice job. Yeah. Yeah, you Afterburner make game, Climax. like, every six years. Yeah, the Jetstorm mentioned Afterburner Climax. That game's cool as fuck! And it's so fast! Fast? Yeah, that game was incredible, and fucking nobody knew about it. Well, I was, I've heard of it. I really would like, like, man, give me that on PC, please. Like, I will I double like... dip. I'll double dip and buy that again. That's the weird thing about knowing that there's new consoles coming on the horizon. It's like, man, I just, I like having everything on Steam. Like, it's such a big, yeah, like, like, having. I'm kind of just done with consoles after this generation anyway. Like, I do not care anymore. Like, I'm not like... buying more boxes. Yeah. I'm not buying I like more the... boxes. Are you going to buy the TurboGrafx Mini? Probably not. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is sad for me to say because I'm the biggest Turbo Gra- one of the biggest Turbo Graphics fanboys. But like, I'm just like, man, I'd rather just have those games on my Switch. Yeah, so I'd that, rather. Yeah. Like I'm I just, can like the the Turbo Graphics games that I would probably want to play. I can probably already play elsewhere. Yeah. I got that Magic Engine. Mm-hmm. Oops. <laughs> it's it's just like. The Switch is good because it's portable, you yeah, know? Yeah, like, that's, the that's whole so deal. nice. And to, and to me, specifically, the PC Engine, or Turbo Graphics was a portable system because I had that, you, you had know... You that little fucking... Turbo Express. Yeah, like, that that's was, crazy. That was the, the old version of the Switch where it's like... I want them to do a trailer that's just like somebody popping out a game from the Turbo Graphics and putting it in the yes! Turbo Express. And then, but it makes the Switch, like, sound. That would be so good! <laughs> That would be incredible. Because that's that's what it was for me. So it's like, oh, yeah, I could take Air Sonic on the go. And I'm like, well, I don't want the classic console and have to play them at home. I want that stuff on the go like I used to. Yeah, Air Sonic, that's a finally. Downgrade. Air Sonic, finally, I can have poop everywhere I want it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, want, I want a TurboGrafx rat. I want to do TurboGrafx, just like I want to Master System more. That's me. I mean, you can get the Mini. That's a good starter point. It has yeah. the easy games on it. Yeah. That's true. 
Which is like, and and it doesn't have Rondo of Blood. Well, I mean, I mean, it's not been the the, the final game list hasn't been confirmed yet, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like, I would really that's... want that thing. I would want that. There are two games I would want that thing to have just for a laugh. I want it to have Rondo of Blood, and I want it to have like the Valis games. Oh boy, I think Valis will get on there. You know why Rondo of Blood is like should be easy for it because konami's the one publishing it yeah yeah like that <laughs> like, that's, that's really the funny thing is like this thing kind of comes out of nowhere and everybody kind of forgot that oh wait konami has all of the hudson properties mm-hmm. i mean i think they forgot until also, this also <laughs> remember also remember that rondo just sold on a 20 dollar collection that was just rondo and symphony mm-hmm. like that that was recent that's why it's also not on the castlevania collection right. so like well it, it makes uh-huh. a little bit of sense it should be on the Turbo Graphics Mini though, because yeah, like... it should be. I, I it, that's the reason. If it does, if it isn't, that's why. I so would it's imagine. it's not in the Konami or the Castlevania collection though. It is not. That's because it's because like it, with the Contra collection, it makes sense to cut it off where they did. Yeah. Because after that, you're kind of having to skip the PS One games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, um, I'm very excited about Saga. That <laughs> and made me happy. Saga. Uh, and, and, and I think that I don't think that me or Rhett uh, for, for a second we're going to pretend that we weren't there day one for Final Fantasy 7 Remake yeah cool. I, I so pretty... a while ago Amazon did uh, like 20% off pre-orders if you were a Prime member mm-hmm. so I pre-ordered the Final Fantasy 7 Remake when they ended that program but you could keep the bonus as long as you had something pre-ordered. Yeah, I got it for thirty nine ninety nine. So they emailed me the other day, like, "Hey, we've updated the release date, March <laughs> March third, twenty twenty." And I'm like, "Hey, cool, you're still honoring it." Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They they always honor their pre-order guarantees. Yeah, so but it's they just funny because that has lowest because that's been sitting as like December thirty first, two thousand nineteen for like yeah over a year now. Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, sure it is." And <laughs> they, they showed that off. Uh, Square it's did really good, man. Like they've clearly like like there's definite nods to the Final Fantasy 15 battle system, but this mm-hmm. looks way more tight. Like good. it looks tightened up a lot. Yeah, good. It'll, it'll be right. hard not you to hated, be. You've hated Final Fantasy 15's combat, though, so I hope this does yeah, work they, more for you. They played through uh through uh, the first part of Midgar where you, and you, they did the whole like they redid that entire Guard Scorpion fight. Uh, from the from the start of the game and blown it out into this big like five minutes crazy five minutes that of looks craziness. so fucking ridiculous they I mean they pretty much showed the whole thing in their press conference where I see people in the chat like this fight was one minute long in the original yeah, and it's yeah. taking like six minutes of a press conference and it's edited like what the hell it's <laughs> so good though and it's just this seems like such an indulgent remake. Oh, and like, and I love the fact that they're just indulging in it. Like, just do yeah. it. Yeah. Just go fucking make Midgar a whole game. That's what it. they're doing. That's literally what they're doing. God, two fucking Blu-rays to pull this off. <laughs> hey. You know what? You know what I will say though. You know what did make me mad? What's that? Made a bunch of take havers come out saying that Final Fantasy VII after Midgar sucks. <laughs> I saw people specifically say the Nibelheim stuff was boring. Are you full And of not shit? the best part of the game. Fuckers. So. Oh, God. Man, that, that, yeah. I'm not even gonna pretend that that wasn't something I was already excited about, but when I saw it, I was just like, oh, yeah, I am really glad I went ahead and locked that in. <laughs> like, that's, 
that like Resident Evil, re- Resident Evil Two remake and and Final Fantasy Seven remake were kind of just already like these are no brainers, and I'm getting them day one. But just like <laughs> finally seeing it in action uh, was was great. You said Resident Evil Seven remake and Final Fantasy Two remake. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I that's did. no, that's I very did. funny because of I'm so there for the Final Fantasy Final II Fantasy Two remake. <laughs> I want a Final Fantasy Two remake that's just as blown out as Final Fantasy Seven. Yes! Five parts. <laughs> yeah, the whole like, um, ice cave is now six hours long. Madame uh, Madonna Colleen. Uh. uh yeah, Madame Colleen in the chat brings up a good point. The pacing of this is going to be real weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be years before this is finished. We are on a trails-like expedition. With I mean, here's it's a story yeah. we already know is the weird thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, it's a story we I mean, already here... know. But sorry, right. the the real killer is that we're not seeing the sequels on PS4. Yep. They say that they are optimizing it for both, though. They are. They said that they're in for the long haul. So I just I can't imagine. Like, I don't see it myself. Like I do. Twenty twenty two or something. Like, I do see a, a breaking PS4 point. Game. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm gonna just choose to go by what they've said at this point and say, all right, you 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 said it. I'll hold you to it. But I don't trust you. It's not like what is it? Did Persona? F- yeah, Persona Five still came out on PS3. Yeah. 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 But that's obviously not pushing the fidelity that this is. No, obviously not. No. I just imagine when they're on part two or even three, like they're gonna drop PS4. Yeah. If those new consoles sell well, which they probably will. Yeah, and they'd be real dumb to leave that money on the table and not port to PC. Is this not really confirmed for PC? Or it's anything? not confirmed. Like PS4 is all they're committing to right now. Uh, so you know what they're gonna do though? They're gonna do what they did with fifteen. And just do it later to get yeah. people to buy it again. Yeah, I can see that. Is 15 coming to PC? 15 has been on PC. Yeah. Oh, shit. It's been on PC since last Man, year. Man, they, they fucked that version up, too, because they promised mod support, and then when they canceled all the DLC, they were also like, oh, so no mod support, bye! It's That game had a long life. I think it, that can, game saga it can pass is so away weird. now. <laughs> yeah. Final it's time Fantasy to let old things die. Final Fantasy 15 had a rough life. <laughs> had a rough oh god, life. someone in the chat says Final Fantasy Remake Epic Store Exclusive. Oh <laughs> wow. Man. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, speaking of E3 conferences, the PC press conference that was just literally, hey, here's everything coming to fucking Epic Game Store and oh. everybody in chat being like, hey, how about you fuck off? <laughs> oh, that's true. There's a new Tales of, right? Uh, yes, there is a new Tales of. Tales of Arise, whose initial marketing always looked like Persona 5 marketing to me. <laughs> it looks pretty, though. It does, it does. Like, I remember, I played a bit of Berseria, and I was like, oh, this kind of looks like Neptunia. Yeah, Berseria, like, Berseria definitely showing that engine's age. Yeah, so then when I played EZ, I was like, oh, this looks way better, what the hell? But Arise was like, okay, this this looks really nice, actually. Yeah. Cool. Anything else uh, for else, E3? What else, what else should I be excited about? What else Y'all should... use your judgment. Hmm. <laughs> God. Mario Maker 2. Mario Maker 2. Yeah, they, I'm they, they, they finally Maker announced 2. that they are going to patch in the ability to play with your friends. Uh, but it'll, oh, be, it'll be a post-launch sure. thing, though. I didn't, I didn't hear about people being mad about that. Um, I, I heard about people being mad about that before I learned that there was going to be co-op in the game anyway. So I was like, oh, oh, oh. oh. 
Okay. <laughs> you had a weird, you had a weird bumpy road for that one. <laughs> I just want to play Red's games. I've got a couple friends getting it. I just <laughs> right. want to play their games. Right. And, uh, of course, the mono remakes that are coming out. Um, yeah. Those are looking... Yeah, t- uh, t- Trails of Mana? Trials of Mana? What is it? I keep going... I like, it's, tri- it's Trials. I keep, like, trials. Going... Go ahead. Secretive Trials of Mana of, of <laughs> Mana Trials fan- Fantasy. Well, that collection is already out. The actual ROMs from the old games. Like, it's Final Fantasy, Adventure, Secret of Mana, and Trials of Mana. Yeah. Like yeah. That, that, that just dropped. Like, during the Nintendo press conference. Yeah. Like, that was just like, oh, here it is. <laughs> and Contra was like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. I keep going, like, maybe Secret wasn't that bad. And then I'm just like, maybe no games I dislike ever were actually bad. Maybe I don't know anything. Maybe what? Like, I always get, like, a crisis when I think Well, now you can try Final Fantasy VIII again. Because they found the oh. source code for that shit and are re-releasing it again. <laughs> no, no. Oh, right, that no. got a... Uh, remaster. Look, I'm all for Maybe. games preservation, so I'm not going to shit on it getting a remake. I'm just saying I don't like that game. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's it's a lot. That, that was the one I allowed myself to be snarky, be snarky about. I just went, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, just kind of like, ah, okay, whatever. It's like, the, whatever. Like, like, nothing's going to bring that press conference yeah, ex- down at that exactly. point. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever. Like, just whatever. Ha! 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 I think I think my thing with FF8 is like I played that whole game, that forty hour game, without getting any, without losing momentum. I just play, blazed through the whole thing, and that's pretty amazing for any forty hour game. Yeah. But I also didn't connect with any of the characters at, at all. all. I remember. So that's we, one good thing and one yeah. very bad thing. I just remember going so super hard on that game when I played it as a kid, yeah. and then feeling absolutely nothing when I beat it. Yep. And then starting a new game. Yep. And like doing the first hour again. And and then it was just like, what am I doing? Exactly. Like, I did look, that too. I'm looking, for some, I'm looking for something that's just not here. And I had to stop. I even did yep. the fucking bullshit Omega weapon fight where all it does is give you a little check mark on your, on your file. I was like, oh, wow, no, why did I do that? It's a lot. I think that... <laughs> I think that it's cool that there's a lot of really yeah. cool shit coming out and a lot I, of people are excited cool. yeah. for because you know what I like? I like it when people are excited and expressing joy about games and yeah. not fucking being goddamn downer asshats about games all the time. I'm glad <laughs> that there's I'm glad that there's Pokemon for people out there that want Pokemon. Yeah. Oh man, Polly, people are so mad about Pokemon. Oh I know, they're real pissed. <laughs> they're real pissed. It's not the best example there. Not the yeah. best example. I, I, I think I I think I struck a nice balance there. It's not I was, the best I'm... example, but you know what? They're still gonna buy it. Oh yep. I think I struck a nice balance there because I I tried not to because I still have a, a good great. amount of anger with Nintendo about the yeah. emulation stuff, mm-hmm. and I think so. I think I um was like happy and listened to people and listened to the joy while also articulating things when I got pressed a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Polly, now is the time to put that image Now's up. Now is the time to throw that it's image up. such a up. good image. Yeah, it really Thank is. you, Rhett. There we go. <laughs> These are uh, all legitimate John Thayer tweets, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Capitalism, Capitalism is the enemy of art, and corpse aren't our friends. <laughs> Cyberpunk 2019. I mean, it's true. You're not wrong. I'm not wrong. Where's yeah. the lie? <laughs> Point to me the lie. <laughs> but also, if you say it loudly all the time, 
it's gonna it would get a little tiresome. Yeah, because yeah. there are a couple friends like that, and it does it does like okay, but I just want I do want to play. It's I like, want to play soccer. Yeah, like can I just enjoy a thing, please? <laughs> it's just it's just hitting the right balance. Exactly. I think that's But really... they're not putting all the Pokemon in. They're not putting all the national decks in. I want to collect all 1,200 Pokemon. Hashtag bring back the national decks. Hashtag. <laughs> Where's the change.org petition? I'll sign it. There really is one. There, there probably is. I wouldn't doubt it. I've seen them. I, I just don't know what the end goal is. Like, okay, if they do that and delay the game a, a year, are you happy then? Why do you care? Why do you want to bring all the Pokemon in? Just I play with the new Pokemon. My Storwell. <laughs> Dexit! Hashtag Dexit! <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> We're done. We're done! That's it! That is a punch! Oh my god. Hey! 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 I say when it's done. I know, John. I okay. can't help it. I will say... I think we're done. <laughs> you think we're done? Hashtag Dexit. Amazing. <laughs> thank you, Colleen. Thank you, Tom. Thank oh, you, everyone. Thank you, Madam uh, Colleen. We that. That was a good stinger for an end. Yep. All right. Everyone, life is good. And I'm glad that you all came out here today. I had a nice time chatting. Oh, I had a really, your really day. good time, yes. Yeah. I feel good. I'm going to finish putting together this god this godforsaken fucking table. It took <laughs> Yeah, my fingers hurt from trying to screw in screws. It it sucks, but and then I'm gonna make money, so it's gonna be okay. And then I have to take out all this cardboard to the dumpster outside. It's right. a pain in the. It's it's so so laborious. But you know what? Yeah, I had the bright spot of my day of talking with all of you. So I think it's okay. I think that's that's gonna be a trademark of the John Cast is that we just end on notes of wonderful positivity. Don't don't we always didn't we always didn't the Sox cast always end on good notes? It does end on those. It does end on the wonderful note of us telling you all that we are the we are the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you. Mm-hmm.